0: Hey guys, brand new cast. It is with a heavy heart that I share with you that I am still not drinking.
1: <laughs> Why is that a heavy heart?
0: Because, uh, what was it, today I was dropping off Isla to of school and I thought, oh, I'm starting to recognize my tendencies. Which ran. are? Um, I don't want to fly tomorrow. Yeah. And so I treat myself with alcohol.
1: Oh, yeah. Like I think, triggers. I think,
0: I think it's, I, it's... I guess it's triggers, but it's, it's, uh, it's a treat. Someone said to me I need to go 100% off alcohol and planes forever and make that my rule. Because I'm such a teetotaler.
1: I kind of like that.
0: Um, we'll see. Well, we're doing it tomorrow. No alcohol on the flame, flight tomorrow. I'm going to Chicago. Thursday night shows are available. Uh, Wednesday, I'm at Augustana College. Uh, if you're in the area and you want to go to that show, I think, you can, I, I think you have to be a student. I don't know. But if you go to Augustana... Uh, feel free to go to the show. Um, yeah, that's and that's my road. And then I'm I'm in uh, the next week. I'm in, uh, Phoenix for the All Things Comedy Festival. Me, Bill Burr, Doug Stanhope, Ari Shaffir, a bunch of other people. I'm sorry that those are the ones that just came to my mind. (laughs) Uh, Jen Kirkman's there the evening of the twenty seventh at All Things Comedy Festival with her podcast. Uh, I seem fun. And that's it. Uh, and then, oh, no, I have more dates. What am I talking about? That's it. Right, babe?
1: I think so, yeah. you have
0: November, I'm busy. November, uh, I'm in Irvine the 9th through 11th. Tampa the 16th through 18th. I'm hoping you guys are recognizing a much clearer sounding podcast. We've stepped up the game here. Behind me is Halston. He sat through the podcast today with Jay, um, Jay uh, Larson. That's my guest. Uh, I don't think it caused any different of an interview than I would have had with Jay, but I did realize in the middle of last night I was like Jay was forced to look at Halston the entire thing and I was looking at Jay, so I didn't even realize Halston was in here until like halfway through. I was like, "Oh yeah. So I may, I may switch the man cave around, switch the seating around. Just know- put a curtain up. Yeah, that's what I Or I'm like do. a
1: or like a Japanese screen.
0: Yeah, maybe I'll do that, Liam. A
1: retractable uh, like a retractable like um film scream like in high school that you can push it down and then you pull it back up
0: these that are all really great ideas i'm gonna pu- i'm gonna jot down in my in my dream book mm-hmm. uh by the way this looks good with jay Farrow, uh white famous this looks really good oh yeah jay Farrow's a really cool guy i'd like to get him on the podcast so
1: back to the not drinking on planes and that being your permanent plan yeah you know how strong you would feel if you did that yeah you would probably feel like you could do anything
0: Except, can I make? Okay, I could do that if I could make caveats.
1: Yeah, that's the story of your life. Everything is, but I have a caveat. I'll drive the girls to school if, if you make me a cup of coffee. Um. Right. No. Yeah. I
0: want a cup of coffee right now, so fucking yeah, see, bad. I'm going to my see? cardiologist appointment. You just said that and it triggered me. Oh. Uh. So yeah. I, I, I. It's been good. You know. I think. It's. I think it's. It's been well noted. Ari's had a rough run at this. <laughs> this has been maybe less enjoyable for Ari mm-hmm. than it has been for me. I've loved it. Uh I have Ari's been in New York this whole time. I don't know why he's not just loving it, but uh Tom is okay. He's been eating a lot of sugar, he said. Like a lot of like chocolate croissants. What? I know he's like, like pastries. He's like, I can't stop eating pastries. Oh god. Joe's doing uh joe's doing good i think joe was at a rough run at the beginning he was really panicked about the idea of giving up weed for a month but uh, it's been a great I, i've had a great month i don't want to go to chicago in all honesty because I, I i'm really happy at home
1: well what a great challenge it's going to be to go there and to stay sober and to do all your shows sober and all your press sober and see how you feel when you're done at this press. deep into it
0: i canceled press
1: You cancel press? Yeah, I
0: didn't want to do press sober.
1: Well, okay. I'm
0: joking, I'm joking. There's no press, the shows are sold out. Thursday's the only one with tickets available. So uh, Tony called and he was like, hey, do you want to do press? And I was like, "Uh, I'll do it if you want to do it. And he was like, I don't care to do it if you don't care to do it. And I was like, done. Lavelle Crawford's lost fucking weight. That was Lavelle Crawford?
1: Yeah.
0: Holy shit, he looks great.
1: Yeah, if you can't tell, the TV is on during this read, which never happens. Yeah, I don't...
0: So I, I should. I probably a
1: bad idea, since I am looking at Halston, See, and Bert what, is looking at the television. It's my bad. Yeah, it is your bad.
0: Um, Listen, I did a podcast with the Scholar brothers. They were nice enough to do my cooking show, Something's Burning. That's an all-things comedy production. We shot that this week, and they were like, Hey, man, uh, can you come and do our podcast after that? And I was like, Sure. They have a great podcast called... Uh, Sklar Bros. I was going to say, Bros. I country. wonder
1: if it's Sklar something?
0: Sklar Bros Co- Country. It's uh, after Sklar Bros Country. And uh, this podcast, uh, this is their new podcast. And I really enjoy it. I enjoy it because it's broken up into three different places. Uh, and it's an exploration and a celebration of dumb people doing dumb things. Dan Van Kirk, the Sklar Brothers... And other famous comedians riff off real life news stories. It's called Dumb People Town. I did it. Uh, My episode is up right now. You can go listen to it. And it was really fun. I end up, they asked me, they were like, do you mind telling the machine story? And I was like, I don't care at all. I don't mind ever telling that story. I'm not that kind of comic, I guess. That I I go, if anyone wants to hear anything I have, fuck yeah. And I also tell my new stuff. Um, So, uh, it's really great. Dumb People Town. I I tell the machine story at the very end, but It's a really fun, it's a really, really, really fun podcast. So check it out. They're going to be on the podcast when I'm drinking. I think them and Dan are going to come over and we're going to do a 4Zs podcast with some booze. Um, Do they drink? Yeah, they do. And they said they would for me. Okay. But, uh, yeah. I think that's it. Is that it? I think so. Did I I say I'm in Irvine and Tampa in November?
1: I don't remember. Doing
0: the Tampa, uh, doing the St. Pete Run Fest. Uh, and like I said, I really hope you, you witness, you notice a, a change in sound in this podcast because we went out and we really stepped up our game. We got the mics Rogan uses. We got some arms. I got to change this seating around in the man cave. That's number one. I'm going to have to do that. That's going to be the first thing I have to do because I could tell Jay was a little uncomfortable with how he we was sitting. Stop watching TV Liam.
1: Well, turn it off. Well, I do think you should. Yeah, go ahead. What? Never mind.
0: What, what were we going to say? Nothing. Say it.
1: i I'll, I'll don't, say it when you're done.
0: No. Okay. I'm done.
1: Okay. I was wondering if you should tell everybody that we have some hoodies coming out.
0: That is something you can totally say out loud.
1: <laughs> I know, but I was interrupting your thought process, which I found to be rude.
0: We have some hoodies coming out. They are inarguably the most comfortable hoodies you've ever felt in your entire fucking life.
1: They're awesome. They're machine hoodies. They're
0: machine hoodies. They're fucking amazing. And uh, and yes, Tom and I are doing that calendar. Uh, we're doing a yoga pose calendar, oh a couple's my God. yoga pose
1: calendar. Oh
0: my God. I'll let you know when that's available for pre-order.
1: You should call it Bears in Yoga.
0: Bears in Yoga. Uh
1: huh.
0: Hiber. So Bears
1: in Yoga. <laughs> I
0: found the hard way you don't tell any of your ideas on the podcast because some people go ahead and steal them. Yes, they do. And buy the and by the and you're like, oh man. And then really good people hit you up and they're like, dude, I was a dick. I stole it. It's yours if you want it. I'm sorry.
1: You know, that's so true because I'm building a new website for you and I was, was trying to set up a, like a, a Gmail account for the website. Mm-hmm. Everything related to your name goes to China. So somebody just took like Bert, Bert, Bert at Gmail, Bert Kreischer at Gmail, Bert Kreischer 1, why don't Bert do 3. Why don't we just, why don't it really do, sucks.
0: Why don't we do uh, Bert, not the Chinaman. Uh,
1: <laughs> Bert, not the Chinaman.
0: <laughs> uh,
1: f- Fuck you, China.
0: Fuck, there we go, Leanne. Yeah. We just lost some listeners. Uh,
1: uh, nobody in China listens to this, do they? I yeah, guess they, they, they do, do. They do, but they're American. They no steal, Chinese No
0: Chinese people that would be offended by that.
1: They steal your uh, digital footprint possibilities.
0: Um, I have a cardiologist appointment today. My blood pressure is fantastic. My heart rate is fantastic. But I'm going to the cardiologist just on my... On my Leanne, stop watching TV. Well, turn it off. On my off. weekly checkup. And, uh, or my, mo- my eight-month checkup. And uh, my sister had her baby, so we're going to go down and hang out with my sister and her new baby, uh, Teddy. <laughs> Boy. <laughs> um, and that's it. I think that's it. Oh, always go to Laughable. Check out Laughable. Ned's got a great setup where you can now get tickets for us through Laughable at the app. So if you, like, if you follow a comic, you know what podcast they've been on, you'd find out I'm on Dumb People Town. And then you can also follow all the podcasts that the Sklar brothers have been on. And at the same time, you can buy tickets for our shows on laughable. Go to Laughable. The waitlist for the Androids coming up. Uh, you can get it on the iPhone. Just go to Laughable in the App Store. Get check it out. Shout out to Ed, Ned and uh and tell me how much you love in the app. I want coffee so fucking bad.
1: You can have it in about 3 hours.
0: I'm going to make a coffee to take with me. Are you? Yeah. So that when the as as I take my blood I'm having a coffee.
1: In one of the 5000 insulated cups that we own.
0: Yep. huh. That's it, everybody. Today's guest uh, has a new hour special coming out on the 20th of September, 21st of September, 20-something of September, October, October 20th, October 20th Jay Larson's new uh, new special comes out. It's called uh, Me Being Me. me, Being me. <laughs> Man, you're worth your weight in salt right there, Halston. Me Being <laughs> Me, Jay Larson's. Uh, special comes out you can get it at jlarson.com. J. Larson Comedy. jlarsoncomedy.com and uh and and he paid for it himself I talked to him ad nauseum after this when we were outside and we were talking about the the our special process um not sadly uh very positively uh change has come about in the industry uh the industry used to be all all comics were all just white dudes um that happens to be a lot of the people that do comedy are white dudes that we enjoy doing comedy. Wait, did
1: you start this comment with sadly? Um, yeah, can I just? Okay, go ahead. Sorry.
0: Sadly, but positively, uh, the change has come. But adversely, oh. it's very hard for a white guy to get a special these days. Oh, I see. Because uh, they'd rather diversity than non-diversity. The so
1: whites have saturated the comedy field. Is we have
0: true? been saturating the comedy field for years, which uh-huh. is fine. It's completely fine. We're still getting spots in clubs. We're still working. It's just when it comes to specials, which are precious, uh, it's hard for guys like myself and Jay. And I'm I'm just not saying that I'm having a uh, that Showtime is very sweet to me, but it's hard for guys like us to get specials sometimes. Whereas if you are a big uh, act in a different country, it might be easier to get on uh, on a, on a platform. So Jay produced this himself. He paid for it himself. He hoped to license it himself. He did not license it himself. He is now going to distribute it himself. And so what that means, and I'm saying this you candidly, uh, he's fucking hilarious. Jay is amazing. Do him a solid. I think it's five fucking bucks. Go to it's six bucks. (laughs) Go to go to Jlarsencomedy.com and pre order this special. He's a great dude. You've heard him on his podcast. Fuck the Crab Feast. It's called the Crab Feast with him and Ryan Sickler. Fuck. Sometimes, Leanne, I get so frustrated with you. It's they say fuck the Crab Feast. Give him a five star rating. So right, fuck the Crab Feast. Five star ratings. Five star oh. ratings. What got you at the top of that? Sometimes I don't want to tell you all the stuff I know because I know so much stuff, Leanne. Um, he's a great guy. He's a great comic. He's a great writer. <laughs> I feel the same way. He's created so much great content, and he's got one of my favorite uh bits I've ever heard in comedy. It really is the fucking prank phone call wrong number bit is fucking amazing. He's a good friend of mine, and and he's a hilarious comic, and you're going to love this podcast. So do him a solid. Go to jlarsoncomedy.net. Pre-order the special now. Watch it when it comes out. Share it with your friends. Put it up. Tell your friends on Facebook. Tell your friends on Instagram. That is the power of these podcasts. That's why they're so valuable to us as listeners is when we find cool shit like Adam Greentree, Cameron Haynes, Eddie Bravo, Joe Rogan, Tom Segura, Jay uh, Larson, Joey Diaz, uh, Brendan Shaw, Brian Callen, Duncan Trussell, Ari Shafir. When we find cool shit, we share it with our friends. It is the, it is the thing. I am blessed that you guys shared that machine story as much as you did, and it and it gave me a career. So let's help that. Let's pass that forward, ladies and gentlemen. Today's podcast, Jay Larson.
1: It's-
0: Not that, like, it's not that, by the way, there's a brand new setup, new microphones. I love them, they're beautiful. Yeah, yeah, I, you know, I said to Rogan, I was like, uh, I mean, I won't say his number, but he's, you know, he's taking shit to the next level, he's got a new studio, mm-hmm. and I was with him, I was did the last interview in the old studio, and I was like, uh, I was like, yeah, man, I dropped some cash on my uh, podcast, he's like, good, 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 it's about time, and then I saw his fucking setup, and I was like, oh my god, you actually... Built a room to look like the old, like you built a room to look like the old podcast That's in amazing. a warehouse, it, dude. His is next level. It really inspired me. I think I know what I want out of life. But here's what I'll say about you that I that uh, that is something I don't have that you have that I wish I had because I'd utilize if I did. Uh, you no are delay. you are you are a man of many interests. Yeah, you, you for sure. You find passion very quickly in things.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, I have certain things that I'm interested in. That doesn't mean I fine Pat. i mean you know like people that you like talk to and you're like hey man you ever heard of uh you ever see these old triumphs and he goes oh yeah they started making those triumphs in 1962 and you're like yeah. dude how do you know about that
0: yeah bill burr that's yeah bill burr you talk about a truck and he's like that you know yeah the problem with the 72s and you're like i don't know anything about that shit
2: yeah you know i don't you know you know this this 72s the you know
0: you're like rogan in a way like he finds shit he's like he, I've never heard him break it down like this until the other day, but he was like, dude, I find stuff I'm interested in, and then I just immerse myself in that shit.
2: Yeah, well, that dude's hardcore about that stuff, you're too. You're like that. I am, but my shit's not like... Rogan's like such a... I'm like a total dudes dude, but if you ask me like my crazy interests, I'll be like, yeah, well, I just... you know, I get Veranda Magazine, and I get Better Homes and Gardens, and I like design, and I like... Why don't you have a show on DIY or HGTV? I mean, I had a show for a while, but... Uh, you know, the bar show. But that's that other stuff... Show. That introduced
0: me to Sean Patton. Oh, really? That's why I was? Yeah, that's the entire... There was an episode you guys did where you were clearly drunk, and uh, and it was... you could I could see it was going off the rails, because I was watching you try to reel it back in. Yeah. Sean was out of his fucking mind, and I watched your eyes dart from producer to cameraman. Like, I watched you produce I it. was always pulling you, it back in, dude. You was were the, the producer of that show. show. Yeah, yeah. Entirely. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things that I think, you know, uh, my buddy Dan Adler uh could probably danny um say is like uh guys like us we go in and produce and direct the show as well as shoot it and host it well you got when you're a host dude that's ultimately what you do you have to be
2: able to steer it i mean they can't be you can't be like calling people out while you're shooting you know they used to have. There was this one time where they tried to throw, like, they wanted to do this little bit, and I was just like, I'm not doing this bit. We came around the corner, and there was this guy, like, one of our producers, like, having a cigarette, and they had set it up where Sean would ask the guy for a cigarette. Yeah. And the guy goes, yeah, and we're sitting there shooting, and as soon as the guy pulled a cigarette, I just took it and broke in half. I'm like, he don't need a cigarette, dude, and we walked <laughs> away, and they're like, what are you doing?
0: I go, you know what I'm doing. Let's move on. Dude, I did a show, and I, lo- I had a great time doing it, but I did a show for Showtime uh about amsterdam and it was it was a lot of setup bits the funniest parts were the parts that weren't set up of course any setup bit that a comedy writer comes in we were talking to someone about doing a show and they were like hey we should have these two writers come in i was like no like the only strength of a writer is and no, i'm not shitting on writers is they can write if they can write jokes a lot of times in like what what me and you have done which is that like hosted reality when you get a writer they just clumsy it up well let's be honest what you and i do for up is we go live
2: our life and then we go report back and bring it to the stage, which is not all comedy writers. That's not what they do. They create fake scenarios yeah. and make them funny
0: for fake for actors. But you know, for us, that's just not what we do, man. It's, it's uh, actually the opposite here. Pull that, pull that. Oh yeah. Here, yeah. Um, the, uh, Oh, thank you. The, um, but you're like you just in the backyard. You pulled up that picture. You're like, here's the thing. I, you know what I do back in this space? Like, I'd love for you to have a design show, but a design show, f- like, you're not, you're not. I don't think you could put your interests in design in a box. I don't think that you could be like, yeah, no way. He's the bros, bro. Yeah, yeah. You're, you'd be like, like uh, almost, like I don't know, like, like the fact that you brought me a bottle of wine for the podcast, or the, the first time you came, you brought me that bottle of Lemoncello. Yeah, like, man. That you have interests that are beyond just being a comic, and it was one of the things when I first started this business. I'm going to stop right here. Tell me about your new special, because I'm going through the special thing, and that is the first thing. Sure, but on we my can head. get you know, we'll get back to this. Okay, but I cool. want to know about your new special.
2: It's out October 20th. I don't know when you're going to drop this, but uh, on, I'll drop it whenever you want me. To it's drop available it. for pre-order anyway. Where is it going to be? It's at my website. Okay. I paid for it. I okay. produced it. Yep. I made the
0: whole thing. Okay, and now I'm releasing it on my site can I can I um now are you are you allowing people to leak it online
2: i don 't I mean I have no idea what the site allows i don 't I have no idea i 'm going to put like clips out from the special I prefer people buy it yeah, just because I paid for the whole thing yeah yeah, but I mean whatever however it gets out there, I want people to see it, so like if people get it and it gets out there i still hope that there are other people that like watch it and like oh man i'll go pay the six bucks now because it's six bucks you know what yeah. i mean you got that in change in your car you know yeah so you know whatever what did you name it me being me because <laughs> it's literally like it's real honest stuff about like you know me rooting for my wife's cancer to go all the way you know what i mean
0: <laughs> wait Just- your wife had cancer
2: a little bit in her foot. I mean, come on. You, that's like it's like losing a toenail, you know? A little bit in her No, I, that's, I'm not trying to be insensitive to anyone that's had to deal with that. But, yeah. like, you know, I, I, a lot of it for me was, like, you know, I, I think today, in today's day, like, put it this way. Let me just give you an example. I had this set for The Tonight Show that I gave them, and the booker wrote me back and was like, Dude, I laughed out loud the whole set. I could never air any of this. There was no swearing, but it was, like, stuff that's, like... People wouldn't get behind, and I'm looking at it like 60 percent of marriages now are ending in divorce, and it's because we're hiding behind these ideals of what we think a marriage should be. When if we actually get down to like the truth of what marriage is, it's so tough. Like you're a great example, man. You and your wife have such a a, a strength and a bond, and you put out there you are you never stop being you. You know what I mean? And you never stop like, hey, this is who I am, and this is how our marriage continues to work because you keep being you and you're honest about it the more we share with the world about how things really are it helps you survive and it helps other couples be like oh good i'm not the only
0: one you know what i mean i think you're right i think what has happened in this in this business the way they represent marriage is the way they think that everyone wants their marriage to be as opposed to what their marriage really is yeah Or, like, every sitcom is the wife being like,
2: you can't do that. And he's like, oh, she won't let me go. Yeah. Where where is that happening anywhere? You have,
0: like, one out of your 12 guy friends, and you're like, dude, what are you doing, bro? I I was was saying to someone the other day, I was like, uh, I mean, I had a conversation today with my daughters that probably not a lot of parents have. But I was like, hey, have you guys noticed a difference in me in October? And they're like, uh, I was like, not really. I said, because they know I'm doing Sober October. Mm-hmm. They know that Joe wouldn't quit smoking weed. They know that uh, Ari has had problems with not smoking weed. They know that Tom Hilarious has a sugar time. addiction. Like, they know things that maybe you shouldn't know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, or that we hide
2: because we don't know what our kids are capable of understanding or when do you expose them to that. Yeah, and
0: they're like, you've been a lot calmer. You don't, like, lose your shit as much. I go, really? And they're like, yeah, like, in the morning sometimes you'll be overwhelmed. But you haven't been overwhelmed. You've been really calm, and I was like, "Okay." Part of me is like, "Do I ask the next question?" Like, yeah, <laughs> stay like this. But the, and then Georgia goes, "But you're not as fun at parties." That I is said, hilarious. Really, dude. Cause yeah, like because the other night everyone came over, and uh, and my wife's always one that's like five minutes. Everybody five minutes, and we're all going home. Yeah, Every, everyone came over the other night, and I had done hot yoga, ninety minutes of hot yoga, ran seven miles in the morning, watched some football, college football cooked for everyone and then after dinner i was like i'm going to bed yeah. like i'm fucking exhausted now if i was drinking i probably would have gotten the midnight oil and been like of course let's, let's all go out to the man cave let the kids keep playing and i literally call five minutes at 11 o'clock and at 11 o'clock i go everyone's going home yeah. and my daughters are like okay they're like we're watching a movie and i was like i'm going either either everyone can go home and i'll go to bed normally or i can just go to bed and you guys can stay here my wife's like all right everybody time to go Dude, but let me just say, the thing that I love the
2: most of what you just said is, yeah. you said, my kid's like, you don't lose your shit as much. My son's three, and one time, when my, my wife goes out of town a lot for work, so I'm alone with the two kids, and I was like, he had had this meltdown, and then I calmed him down, then he melted down, and I calmed him down. He was just hungry and had to eat, I was trying to get the bath in real quick, and in the bath, he started crying again, because I was like, all right, I'm going to take your sister and get her dressed, you stay here, yeah. and he melted down, and I like held his face, and I go, what do you want me to do? <laughs> <laughs> and later on like i take him out to dinner and he goes are you are you angry dad are you mad daddy and i go get over here i go i'm not mad i go you are make me happy you're the best thing's that ever happened to me i'm like one thing you got to know about your dad sometimes he runs a little hot sometimes dad's <laughs> gonna lose it that's and my daughters call it firing hot that's what i mean dude if if anyone had said that to me about my dad and maybe we had just worked it out instead of everyone trying to change everyone just being like hey some people have a little bit of a temper you can work at it which i do but at the same time it's like don't take it personal now my son comes home with a book the other day from school and it's got all these different flowers on it, and they all have a different emotion and he points to the red one and he goes that's you daddy and it's like the <laughs> anger one
0: and it's, i was yeah. like hey, that's who I am. Every it's, now and, it's and not, then, I'm passionate. It's not bad. We're not beating the fuck out of our kids no. with a two-by-four, which is what happened when we were children. Mm-hmm. Is Those dads that fired hot or drank too much, There was, there was was no. they were like, and you can hit your kids every now and then. Now we're just like, yeah, uh, my na- uh, my neighbors heard me um, screaming one time in the house. And they were like, and I came outside, and they were like, hey, they were like standing right there. They were like, hey, is everything okay? And I went, yeah, why? And they're like, whoa, I just heard some screaming. it's, how like what's going on and i said oh the girls are camping i'm just, just with the animals and they're like you were just talking to your animals like that yeah. And I was like, yeah the no one's in the house it was just me but it's not like i'm screaming at them i'm screaming like who wants to eat yeah. like i'm yelling i'm a loud person
2: oh i i my son no like if i go to him now i go i'm gonna count to three and that's how I say it. And he starts moving because he, I've never done anything, but he knows like if I get stern,
0: it's the way it should be. You shouldn't be yeah. like, anyway, whatever. I said, I say, I will say stuff like, if you want, I can beat the living shit out of you, or we can do it as a joke. Yeah. And if now someone heard that, they'd be like, oh my God, this is a horrible parent. It's a fucking joke. Yeah, I have no
2: idea what you consider good or bad. But what I'm saying is there needs to be an explanation to your family of who you are. And we should stop trying to change people instead of like, yeah, obviously some people are out of control. But at the same time, like some things you're like, hey, that's this is what it
0: is. You know, you can still be a good parent and have flaws. A lot of flaws. Did you see? I I think it's um, I was reading about virtue signaling signaling last night. Do you know what virtue signaling is? No, but I feel like the door is about to close and you're like, listen, let me just tell you about what this... I wonder if we're going to be doing that all Good day. Good Lord. They were supposed to come.
2: Do you realize you're getting an in-ground pool, dude? I know. <laughs> Do you know what that is? Do you remember when kids got in-ground pools when you were a kid? I remember <laughs> Rye Young got one we're like, what?
0: Dude. You're getting an in-ground pool? You're the first one that appreciated my above-ground pool. I <laughs> uh, Remember dude. when you guys came over Any and I had that pool. above-ground pool? Yeah. Um. So this is Virtue. I mean, segment. that wasn't even really a pool, though. That was <laughs> it. Mean, even yeah. for above
2: ground pool standards. Well, that we was got, like
0: You know, when we just got rid of one that was a, it was 12 by 20. It I saw a, it. It was a fucking beast. How much? I mean, you got to tell me later what that thing costs. Uh, we ended up selling it back online for uh, two thirds of what we bought it for amazing and just collapses and you can just break it down it It was fucking great virtuous signaling is the conspicuous expression of moral values done primarily with the intent of enhancing standings within a social group okay so i would have to read that how bad or how bad is that we want to shut those doors for me are you okay i'm okay with this no no i'm fine with it yeah i mean we're just gonna get yeah um you leave it a little cracked but just so it cuts out most there that's perfect so uh guys that's halston in the background um Virtue signaling is um, uh, Al Michaels last night. Do you hear what he said? No. Al Michaels last night said, uh, the Giants have had a rough week. They've had a rougher week than Harvey Weinstein. And everyone was outraged. So, virtue signaling is... is, No, no. it's not that. It's the tweets people put out. Oh, uh, yeah, no way, Al Michaels... Um, how about having some respect for the victim? Like, it wasn't even really a jo- It was a joke saying Harvey Weinstein's had a rough... Like, hasn't has had a bad week. He's had a really bad week. Yeah. But so maybe the rough, roughest week we've ever seen anyone have. Other than Bill Cosby. Like, in celebrities, I can't imagine someone who's had a... Like, Mel Gibson was like, man, that fucking sucks. Yeah. Like, he earned it. He did it on his own. But the fact that people would then put a tweet out going, just so you know, I stand with the victims. And you're like... Yeah, we all do. Yeah, none of us are for rape. None of us are for sexual assault. Why are you saying that out loud? That's virtue signaling. When you say something that, so everyone goes, oh, he's one of the good ones. Like uh, there's this guy, this actor. So you're using someone else's misfortune fortune to explain to other good,
2: people that you're yeah that you're to a explain good you're a
0: good person. Got it's it. basically putting your virtues out that are that are kind of going unspoken. Like, uh, hey guys, I'm not for Trump. And you're like, yeah, hey, yeah, we get it. Like, a lot of people aren't. Yeah, I'm, I don't like these neo-Nazis. None of us do. Why the fuck are you telling us that? Yeah, you're, By you saying that... I think neo-Nazis have a problem with neo-Nazis. <laughs> like, so I'm obsessed with virtue signaling. I don't know where this came in this conversation, but I'm obsessed with virtue signaling because it's the thing that drives me nuts online. There was this guy who uh, booked a Woody Allen movie. I don't know his name. I'm not going to say his name because I don't he think he wants me to say He's an actor. And, and then someone said, Oh, that's cool if you support someone who No. It's quite the opposite. He shot the movie, uh huh. It's in the can, and then he, he booked the movie, shot it, rapped, and then I think it's coming out now, and he came out and said, Just so you know, I think Woody I think what Woody Allen might have done is horrible and like gave this big rant about he believes that uh, he molested his children. He he's not a, he's not for molestation. And it was like everyone's like, "Dude, <laughs> are you What who is ever going to be like, "Hey man, I just got to be honest with you. I'm pro molestation, dude." Yeah. Oh, there's there are the, the okay, that's a that's a really interesting subject because there was a movie that j- that came out with Army Ar- Arnie Hammer. Army Ham Arnie Hammer? I have no idea. Okay, by the way, I I'm online way too much. You are online a lot. Arnie ha- Arnie Army Hammer, I think is his name. Uh he should I know him or are you just He's saying like, he this? Played, he played the Lone Ranger when, okay. when Johnny Depp played... When mm-hmm. Johnny Depp uh, uh, culturally assaulted Native Americans. And played Tonto. Yeah, and played Tonto. Yeah. Uh, by the way, this is such a fucking did you just tangled necklace. Did you just virtue? I think thing. I might have. I think, I think you I think just did it right there, yeah. This is such a tangled necklace in liberal morals right now... I don't know where we are, I'm man. getting lost. So, Army Army Hammer, Army Hammer, whatever his fucking name is, Army Hammer said... Um, did a movie where he played a 20... By the way, I don't know the facts, so I'm just rounding them off. He mm-hmm. like a 20-year-old guy who had an affair with a 17-year-old boy, which is rape. Uh, it is rape. It is what Milo Yiannopoulos said is natural in homosexual relationships. Mm-hmm. Milo Yanopoulos said this is natural. Uh, everyone tore him down. Arnie Hammer did the same thing in this movie. James Wood tore him down. Then, uh, David Cross's girlfriend then attacked James Woods and said, you tried to fuck me when I was 17. You've been doing it your whole life. And it's just this cyclical thing of like, ultimately. But then isn't it like if you're in
2: high school and your girlfriend's 17 and you're 18, you have sex, then is that considered rape? Yeah.
0: Okay. That is rape. By the way, that happened a lot when I was growing up. It's like a 16 year old girl would date a 21 year old guy and everyone was cool with it. And I remember when I was 16 being like, I don't think she should be dating him. Like can't isn't it like fine if your parents say if your parents give consent? If your parents give consent, I guess it is.
2: I think it is because I I remember like hearing something like about marriage at that point like you need to get like people to like if you want to get married and you were like 17
0: and the person was like 19 or something like that. At 18 I never dated any oh, no, i no, I did. I did. At 18 I dated a 6 a 15-year-old. Yeah, right? No, s- yeah. At 18, my girlfriend was a freshman in high school. Right? Uh,
2: I mean, you could be 18 as a senior and she could be 15 as a sophomore.
0: Or is She a fucking freshman? Or a freshman. Yeah, she was a freshman. And no, 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 she was a sophomore. She was 16, I was 18. 18. Because she came to Florida State when she and she was the hottest chick in Florida State and everyone was like Everyone was going after her, and, and we were we were still friends. We're still friends to this day. She's still she's actually even more beautiful today than she was then. Um, but but it, <laughs> I don't know where this goes. This goes into this this like outrage of going like yo. People are just saying the things that like, and the other thing that's driving me nuts, and I don't know why I got on this subject, but is like these people who do news like go on junkets, press junkets when they don't really have a dog in the fight, they're just virtue signaling.
2: Gotcha. Yeah. Well. Well. That's the other problem with like social media now and all this stuff is that people need to get involved in one thing so that they can. They don't want to be left out of any conversation. Yeah.
0: Like the James Corbin thing. Do you see that? No. Jay, what do you do with your days? I what you want? You want, just sit you on want to know my day? day? Yeah. No, this is you my day. What do your day? I get up at
2: seven. Okay. Because the the youngest gets up, yeah. and either my wife takes her or I'll take her, and He's then. Weird. What's that? Oh, uh, just takes her like... Like into the living room and like hangs out. I can't remember. I remember those days. Yeah, that's a long time ago. How old's your
0: youngest? She's two.
2: And then... So then, like this morning, she got up with her. And then at 7.30, I hear like my son's up now. So then I get up. I go in the room. I go. I make breakfast. We all hang out till 8.30. That's usually when the nanny gets there. Yeah. Then I'll shower or not shower, go down the hill to my office and start working. And then if it's school days I'll drop him at school and then I'll come back pick him up at 12:30 go back go back to the office get home at 5:30 I make dinner then from 5:30 to 6:30 is eating dinner and stuff 6:30 we go for a walk around the neighborhood come home then it's 7 then it's quick bath then it's the 2-year-old down then it's him down by 8 and then I usually leave for a show good god and then I get home from the show around like 10 30 or 11 and i crash dude i don't watch we don't i haven't watched like tv and i never go like i you should you see my twitter i have eighteen thousand twitter followers it's not like i'm super involved i'm not like it's just like i'm trying to you know i've always tried to like write and create shows so i go to my office every day trying to create stuff i can't even keep up like i don't even know what i think of a tweet and i'm like nah it's not that good and then i just leave it really i'll check cnn espn on online, that's it. And then, really? And oh, then see, I, that's
0: my problem. Is I come back to the man cave, I start to write, and then I get on to some... Cha- I wish I could... Remember. Amber Tamberlin is uh, David Cross's wife. Okay. Um, wife, wife, wife. But
2: let me just say this. You and Rogan are like those kind of guys that have the ability to like do so much stuff you know what i mean and do i am like super compartmentalized like i can't like start a project in my garage to build something and then just leave it for like four days and go back to it i take one day and it's done yeah i go to the office and i'm just like i can't start writing and then go do something else i just can't oh i like that it's like plate spinning yeah I, i mean i can spin other plates like at home like when i'm cooking and getting the kids to bed and putting on records and doing all that but when it comes to like, oh, I love doing being it with creative. Bits. I love doing it with bits.
0: Like right now, I'm plate spinning a bit uh, about how America hates poor people because that that it's that it's, co- it's convoluted it's into so race. Funny, dude. That, that people think it's race. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you. I'll, I'll, I'm not going to tell you. The, we're not going to run the bit by you, but I'll tell you what started it, which I which I found fascinating. And by the way, sometimes I f- I think the stand up these days isn't so much about. I love a premise. Um, I like a, a slow, revealed premise. I like a something that starts out... And I have to say this. Maybe one of the best st- stories... I, I mean, I have like a handful of best stories I've ever heard. The One of the best ones is your Conan bit. Yeah, oh, thanks, fucking, man. It's one of the that best. wrong number story. It's the best... It's my machine, dude. It's the best... It, it, it's just such a slow... I love your pacing in it. Yeah. I love your lines. I, I wish... I have... I have wanted to steal your line in there every time I tell a story. Let me that's, guess. We'll go ahead. That's why we play the game. That's why we play the game. Yeah, a couple of people
2: love that. I love that line too because it's like I look at life like it's a game. I know you do too. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Jesus
0: Christ. Yeah. That's, that's what we why do, we man. We play the game. Um, but uh, the premise is Georgia, we played uh, a softball team. Georgia's team played a softball team that was way up in Van Nuys. Mm-hmm. And uh, I should really whisper this. But uh, she gets in, they were really aggressive. They were stealing home. Literally, the coach was like, when they walk you, run to second, run to third. just th- And let them, th- they'll try to throw it to you. They're going to throw an error, and then we'll just score. I mean, you can only score five runs in an inning. Uh-huh. This coach was, the first five kids up would all score. Damn. And they were really aggressive. So Georgia gets in the car. She's just, Georgia's super sweet. Not like Isla, who's a little more aggressive. Uh-huh. Georgia's super sweet, staring out the window. And I can see her just chewing on something. I go, baby, what's up? She goes, daddy, I don't. I think I don't like Mexicans because they were all Mexican. I go, oh, oh no, baby, you don't like poor people. <laughs> I go, that's Shut what it up. is. They're poor. That's what you're disliking is their socio and economic class. You're confusing that with their skin color because you're not. You're too young. You're not insightful enough. But that's. I don't know if it's about age
2: there are tons of people that still make that mistake you know we always lump people together
0: yeah oh oh 100% but, but why you're that's saying that's what america america does that yeah america does that consistently and i go what you're what you don't see is stuff i see like i see the way the coach is dressed i see that he's got a really aggressive um, protector on his phone like an otter box that means that phone's very valuable to him. You see, I don't have a case on my phone because if I break it, I'll buy a new one. But that coach, if he breaks it, he's fucked. Yeah. So like, you, and I'm trying to whittle apart. And then or my, that guy just values a dollar. Yeah, he, yeah, and 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 he, and he puts that on those children. The only opportunity some of these kids will have to go to college is to get a scholarship. That's yeah. the truth, and that's why they are hustling. And you, and it's a flaw in our society is that you don't have. ...that stress on you, you know, I started a college fund for you fucking eight years ago. Like, if you decide to go to college, then that money's waiting for you. Like, so you don't, you don't, softball's just a fun thing for you. It's not like a means to an end for some, as it is for some kids. Yeah. Uh, So I I witness that experience, and then I go, okay, that's not formed yet. So instead of sitting and beating myself up and writing it and writing it and writing it, what I do is I keep it in my, as a spinning plate and then every softball game i go to like the one yesterday i start rewriting oh, it again yeah i and hear I just, that and i just go oh yeah let's work on that bit
2: well dude some of the best jokes i have is like dude what was that joke i worked on two years ago that never turned into anything and then i bring it back i was literally on the way here was just thinking about it because i'm driving here and some dude just like pulls into my lane no directional and i want to be like hey man you don't just pull this is my lane dude i let you in yeah you ask by putting on a directional and then i decide if i have the room or the spacing then i let you in So same as way when i get to a four-way stop if i'm there first don't be waving me dude yeah. i'm the one in charge here you just got here i'll tell you you can go you don't pull <laughs> up when i'm already there and say go ahead because you're gonna roll through that stop yeah
0: stop your stop dude i saw a russian guy pulling out of uh john's up on uh
2: magnolia look at you, you talk about freaking racially or economically profiling <laughs> just because the guy pulled out of john's and not von's <laughs> And John's. now he's Russian. How is he Russian
0: all of a sudden? It's all that hangs out of John's. Is all it is I'll even stereotype it even more. It is Russian people who have small businesses that have like restaurants because that's where they do all their produce shopping. I, oh, I mean, really every time I've been in line, there is someone buying uh, buying fucking uh, twenty pounds of onions. 20 pounds of radishes. Tw- like, And I'm always like, motherfucker. Can we just get rid of
2: radishes? What are you putting radish in anything? No idea. Decorating a plate of Denny's? Same with parsley. What are you
0: putting in parsley? Who, uh, yeah, outside of a meatball once in a while? I fell in love with radishes when I was in Russia. <laughs> For what? I think they pickle them, and they're really good. Yeah, maybe pickled. Anything's good pickled. So this guy pulls out, and I'm, by the way, I'm also profiling his look, okay? Of course. He has a Tom Segura tank top on. Tom buys the cheap tank tops at Target that have the G7, you know, that little. No. I don't own a tank top. Uh, yeah. Tom owns a lot of them. I see them in them every his, fucking day. And he wears them underneath the shirts he's wearing? He wears them everywhere. Like, what does he think? It's 1950s Brooklyn? He uh, think he covers up his shoulder hair with them. That's not. Co- I've seen. <laughs> he's not covering up that shoulder hair. And so the guy's wearing Tom's tank top. <laughs> he's got a full head of hair, black hair, just. And he's in a. He's in like a. A little bit of a tricked-out, smaller uh, Mercedes SUV, okay. and he's trying to get out onto Magnolia to take a left, and this little, little, like, bug of a – you know those little Fiats? Those little yeah. little baby blue Fiat pulls up and blocks it. Typical – by the way, I am not virtue signaling. I think I'm being sexist right now. Typical woman behavior. Be completely oblivious that there is someone trying to turn left and just blocks him. It was a woman. My wife does it all the time. That's why I'm clumping all women in this. Mm-hmm. Now I'm sure there are a lot of men that do it, but I see that as women have never had physical confrontation. Sometimes with like uh, the fact that a fist fight could break out. Yes. So they just see it and then they're like, "What?" Like my wife will uh, will gridlock and go, "What?" I was my turn, and I go, "No, that's not how it works." Because I know that the fist fight might break out, I won't gridlock. Yeah. You know that no one's going to come out and beat you the fuck out of you. She blocks him, and he's, I see him getting angry. And he's looking at me going, fuck, now this is the guy that's got to let me in. And it's, I'm, now I'm asking the guy behind to let me in. I look at him and I wave him. I'm, I I'm not being cool, but I go like this. And then the woman takes her time and says something to him. He reaches into his car, pulls out a Gatorade bottle, and throws it at her car. Yikes. And it goes into her window. (laughs) I mean, that's how you send the message. He pulls out, and then she does a U-turn and starts chasing him. And I'm thinking, best case scenario, what happens? Yeah. You have not thought this through. Maybe she's getting a license plate. Ooh. That's so funny. I thought physical confrontation immediately.
2: (laughs) The only reason I know is because I had a guy throw a can at me one time. And I called the cops, and I think I go. I think this guy just assaulted me, and they go, "What happened?" I go, "He threw a he threw a can at me at my car," and they go, "Why don't you just keep driving?"
0: And I was like, "All right." <laughs> I had a guy. I had two interactions when I was younger that I always wanted to turn into bits, but never they never materialized for whatever reason. One was, I was pulling out of Crunch uh, on across from the hol- uh, oh, boy. the Laugh Factory, uh-huh. but I was pulling onto the side street, not on the Sunset, the side street. I was pulling out, and a van was, uh, like a minivan, was pulling out, and he blocked me. And I went, ugh, and I honked at him, and he started yelling at me. And I, I said to him, I can't hear you, because his windows were up. And so he rolled his windows down and tried to spit on my car and spit all on the inside of his car. Shut up. <laughs> and I could not stop laughing. And he just got so incensed that he spit all over his own car. Yeah. Like, clearly, he wasn't a spitter. The other one was, I was on... Uh, I was on La Brea going up to Franklin, mm-hmm. over by there used to be a, a little bar on the left that also there was an ice cream shop that sold so sold rose petaled vanilla ice cream. I mean,
2: look at the two things you just outed yourself at. <laughs> this is bar and an ice cream shop. I mean, it's <laughs> just
0: gold. So, uh, and a guy was I cut a guy off and I didn't realize he did it, and he pulled up next to me and started yelling at me, but my window was up and I did the same thing. I like, can't hear you, and then he kept yelling, and then I. Said one wait one second. And I gave him the sign like I wanted to order my check. I go, Can I get my check? And he went, huh? And I took off. What? I don't know. What did I that was mean? A, it was the only thing I knew how to communicate silently to somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that and choking. I'm choking. Like yeah. I just went, can I get my check? And I always wanted that to be a bit, but it was too like it was too like um You remember when we were younger and we I felt like I felt like we were all writing bits that could very easily slide into Dane's act?
2: Yeah. Did you ever do that? Like, well, I mean, the first night I did stand up, Dane closed that show. That was the first time I ever saw Dane Cook, and I was just like, "Oh my god!" Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I was just like immediately. I was like super influenced by him when I was early on. All of us
0: were. Yeah. So it was for everyone that shit on Dane. I always find it. But you had an you had an ability to straddle two sides of the fence, in my opinion. What do you mean? Like you always you were always really good friends with a lot of like more alt comics, and you did a lot of. I think that was one of the one of. Like, you, even Segura was like that. Like, you guys had a... a... Well, I never really... um, I never, like, saw any...
2: I mean, you got to think of it like this. In high school, I was in the marching band. I was also on the baseball team and the soccer team. You know what I mean? So, like, I've always been, like, with nerdy kids, cool kids, whatever. It never really mattered to me. And I always saw my stand-up as, like... I just wanted to make people laugh. I didn't care where I had the chance to do it. So I didn't know any yeah. better except to just, like, go wherever I could do to get get stage time. Did
0: you see that? Did you see that? Like, you're. I always say, you, Segura, Sickler... Um, you, Segura, and Sickler are the only ones I can think of right off the top. Maybe even Fultron. Full Charge, for sure. We're all, like, a class below me age-wise. So you're yeah. just younger than me. I think we're all at the same level, but, like, you guys were just younger than me, so... You, Th- my influences or my um, my my peer group, the guys I started with were all either alt or regular comic. You either did the clubs or you did the alt hundred percent, yeah. Did you ever see, because I couldn't see it so much in my peer group, would you ever look like the guys my age and go, oh, they're they're shooting, they're biting, they're cutting their nose off to spite their face when it comes to comedy and they're just applying to their, either in regular comics or alt comics you ever see that where they're like – like an alt-comic that you're like, oh, he'll never be able to work both rooms?
2: Yeah, of course. Well, I mean, I used to see all the time. But like when I started, the only way to get stage time was I create started my own room. You know what I mean? Like I have my own room. Have? World Cafe in Santa Monica. Oh, I never did So that. like – and that was like – what I started doing was I saw dudes that I love like Sebastian and Ernst and stuff like that and I would inv- – and Pepitone and I'd be like, come do my room. And then I got past at the store. So I was always at the store – and then I would like, and then I became boys with Swartzen and he would take me out a little bit and he would take me to Largo and like comedy death ray. So I was doing like super alt rooms and my comedy was working there, but then I was also doing clubs, like doing road work. Like I got to open for you.
0: Remember I opened for you
2: in Miami? Oh uh, yeah. We have that, that picture still out in there. That photo, man. I was like 40 pounds
0: lighter. Um, Were you really? Yeah. I bet I was too. I bet. Yeah. Oh, uh, that was a fun weekend. Oh my that god! We hung out with that really beautiful couple. You remember them? No, I, don't. I do. I mean, there's a lot of things I don't remember. I from. remember that couple. They were both, both doctors, and they lived down in the Grove. And they they they're like, "We come to all your shows." And I was like, "Really?" Mm. I was like, I've, done, "I've only seen you once. I definitely remember you two. You're both gorgeous." Yeah. <laughs> the um, <laughs> but but what was the like? I th- I th- I think that's part of why. I love that story so much and Gary Goldman once said this to me.
2: I mean, well, there's another one who's like one straddles the, that line and like I don't think gets enough respect in that all community of like how good Gary Goldman is.
0: Because he is because he's the Jewish hammer. He's the fucking he's the Adonis. He is and, and he's squeaky clean. And he and he played football at BC, like started and yeah. played football. He is a bro. He's a hardcore bro. He doesn't mind raising his voice at you or challenging you as a man. Mm -hmm. He doesn't have a problem going, hey, man, if you're going to talk to me like that, then that means we might fight. So if you're ready to fight and there's a lot of guys that are like, wait, what are you talking about fight? I get to tell you you're a piece of shit and walk away. Yeah. And Gary's like, "Nah, man, that's not how I grew up. That's how it goes. And I think Gary grew up as a man. But one of the things he said that I always took as a huge compliment that I think applies distinctly to you is that. Our styles are very much, uh, mine less than yours, mine a lot less than yours, but, like, are very straddly in that we like those stories, we like to slow our pacing down, we like to kill, we like to go up and destroy and have a great set, but we also don't mind taking our time with a bit and going, this isn't what uh, bro comics do, but we enjoy this also. Oh, well, for me,
2: it was always this, dude. I never liked comedy that was, like, here comes the punchline. You know what I mean? I always like the little subtle joke that like eight people would laugh at. And you'd be like, and you'd look at those eight people like, you, you, you I love that you know why that's funny. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, Because then like a lot of times when you do alt rooms, those are the jokes that crush. And when you do like clubs across the country, people don't get those because they're used to watching like Big Bang Theory or something like that where like it's just hit over the head every punchline. Yeah. So I love, that's why I love long stories because you can like throw in these little tiny things where people allow their own sense of humor to dictate what they think is funny instead of like what the person on stage's sense of humor is like if you're open to the idea that like oh a joke could exist in a whisper a joke can exist yeah. in a movement and it's not like they're not trying to sell the punchline you know what i, I mean i would argue
0: that your that's why we play the game yeah is and this is my analogy of that it's a foie gras slider like <laughs> what it is what it is 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 it is the nuance that makes us love really great comedy, but you set it up in an analogy that all the bros are gonna get. But they don't get that they've just gotten a little bit of like uh a little bit of layered comedy, a little bit of like sure. I didn't ham you over the head with it, I gave you some Bill Burr does it beautifully. Like Bill Burr uh one time I forget the bit he did. One of my favorite Bill Burr bits, no questions asked, is when he talked about adopting uh of course dude the dog no 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 i don't know that one but uh you don't know that one about his when his wife like
2: adopts the dog and he's out of town and he she goes i ain't got the dog and he goes what are you talking about and he goes she goes yeah and she like she pans the like the facetime camera and it's like a, he goes there's a pit bull in the corner he's like shadow box and his front paws are taped up <laughs> and he's like what you got a pit bull she goes she goes it's a mix and he goes mix with what another fucking pit bull and he goes, I'm, and she goes. Well, when you come home, when you come home from the trip, the, the the you know the dog will be there. And he's like, to the fuck he will. You're gonna be there, and we're gonna walk in the house. Me, then you. It goes. He needs to know the order of operation around the house. It's just fucking. It's unbelievable. Do you realize I I had been doing comedy?
0: Why that's how good a joke is when someone else can tell you a Bill Burr joke and you're and just you're losing just it, fucking dying. He goes, he goes, what? he goes. I'm gonna adopt this dog. Me,
2: then you. Yeah, and then he goes, uh, he goes. I'm gonna fucking wake up in the middle of the night. He goes, I'm gonna come home late one night. It's gonna be like two in the morning, and the and that's gonna be the exact time the the previous owner used to beat him. And the dog's gonna be like, no, fuck this, man. I'm not taking this shit anymore. And I'm gonna come in. It's gonna latch on my fucking neck.
0: And he talks about a toaster or something? Is he talking about a toaster? Uh, I don't know. I I remember. I remember. No, the bit I liked that he did, and I'm not good at repeating other people's bits. I always fuck them up. But the bit he did that I loved was, uh, I want to adopt. I want to adopt. I'm going to adopt kids. I'm not going to have kids. I'm going to adopt kids. I'm going to get one that works in a sweatshop. And I'm going to get myself a boy soldier. <laughs> oh my god. You never heard this bit. No. Why I love it is that he does it's what I want to do in this special that I'm not doing enough of, quite honestly. And I don't think I think one thing that I will say sober October has given me is um a little perspective of how lazy I am as a comic. In that I write a lot and I turn over material very quickly, but you let it come to you instead of go get it. Uh, yeah, and I also don't I don't um I don't need like massage the material. I don't get inside the bit and go what what what's something new we can do in here bill when if you watch his specials the progression he does the things he like he does this i guess what young comics would call as an act out um i don't call it that i an act. hate these terms that i'm like what did you take a class like no they just watched sebastian yeah and they're like they're like I, there's a couple comics i really like that i liked when i first saw and then they clearly saw sebastian just destroying with like simplicity like going like I watched this guy sweep a floor. And you just like, and you watch Sebastian do it and you're dying laughing, but then you watch them do it and you're like, they're like, my dad walked into the room and they're like, kick a door and get out of yeah. And you're like, you're like, hey, look, like the, Sebastian so, didn't always used to be so damn physical though. I don't remember him when he wasn't.
2: Yeah, maybe, I mean, maybe just because I saw him in like smaller spaces and stuff, but, um,
0: but what Bill does that I love is that he goes, uh, he does a, he does a an act out i guess where he talks to the to the to the son he has that worked in the in the factory Mm -hmm. and he's like hey listen it's time for bed no no i understand like he has the conversation and by the way i'm gonna do i'm gonna probably end up emulating this almost entirely now because i love it so much Mm -hmm. but i go he has the conversation with his kid and he and he goes uh no 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 yeah i understand yeah, you guys don't play by the same rules. I get it. Listen, he's got tel- 12 confirmed kills. Like, the guy, yeah, I know, he scares the fuck out of me, too, with the fucking eyebrows. And he talks about his boy soldier kid, and then he goes, oh, hey, buddy, didn't see in the bushes. But it's such a great <laughs> oh. act out of a bit where he talks to the kids, but you only hear his side of the conversation. Yeah. And it's, it's so brilliant. It's, I, I would almost, it's a Patrice thing. Patrice used to make you tell the punchline in your head. Like, he would... Say the thing that he that. W- wanted you to say in your head, and yeah. it was—I was, was just—it was brilliant. I—I I, I could sense when people were doing versions of Patrice. I didn't see that in Bill.
2: Yeah, I don't I, think I, that's I, like something you can learn, though. I think like you get up there and you just connect with an audience and you try and like create a relationship that's like happening, just you know,
0: instinctually. Yeah, you know, Patrice was so good at. Um, At making you say the punchline. Yeah. I don't do that in any of my jokes. I can't remember. He goes, do you ever hear the joke he did about uh, Jorn Vandersloot? I, I mean, I met Patrice one time and I remember
2: he was hosting. Oh. He was hosting and he came up to me and he was the nicest really, dude to me. I couldn't, that's why like, I only met him one time and it was at stand up New York and I was in New York and he was hosting and he came up to me and I just moved there from LA and he was super nice. He's like, Hey man. And like, you know said what's up asked me for like what my intro was and like i was like oh man this dude's the nicest guy of all time and i was watching him like murder and just doing whatever he wanted he had a joke about
0: you want der Slute. he goes they don't man the problem is they don't care about uh uh people of color no one does he goes Think, look at uh, he goes, look at how, and he points to this black chick in the front row. He goes, how long do you think they're going to look for you, Diana Ross? He goes, how long? Really, like a day? <laughs> a day, maybe? He goes, look at Jorn van der He killed that one girl in Aruba. What's that? And everyone goes, Natalie Holloway. He goes, yeah, right. He killed her. And then he went out to Brazil and he killed that uh, that girl. What's the name of that girl? And he goes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and it was just so great that he like he'd take you to the water, have you drink the water, and then point out. Yeah. I but someone t- texted me the other day. They're like, hey, uh, I love that you quit drinking in October. How about doing a podcast where you don't obsess about comedy? And I go, that's all I fucking care about. This is my passion. You do. I love, dude, I love when you, I like when I, when your bit came across my computer screen probably like five, ten times, I watched it every time. Yeah, well, I mean, the, yeah, thanks, man. I appreciate that. Well, that's
2: the thing about good... Co- that's the only thing where we get that bad rap against musicians where they can play the same album for 40
0: years and oh, everyone talking, still goes you're nuts. You're talking about a guy that's told the same story for fucking five years. Yeah. <laughs> I tell the story every show. I tell it every show because I have a feeling. I, I believe this. If I saw you, if I saw you doing stand-up at the store and... Uh, and I was walking by and I watched a bit. And I was like, oh, cool. I like what he's working on. I probably wouldn't stick around to watch your set because I'm afraid it would influence what I'm working on. Uh-huh. Um, but if I heard you say, uh, start that bit, I wouldn't leave. Yeah. And I, there, and, and I say that. I had this conversation with Rogan the other day because he's like, you need to stop telling the machine. I said, hold on. You're Joe Rogan. You've had 25 years of massive success in this business. And you are arguably one of the top 13 biggest comics in the world. I only say 13 because you got a Chris Rock, Chappelle, Seinfeld, like 13's a fair. Russell Peters. Sure. um, And I go, I'm not. I'm just now selling out all my shows. I'm just now to the place where I don't have to do press and stuff like that. And a lot of those people have found me through this one story. I want to show them an hour of original stuff that they haven't seen on my specials. But I also understand there's one thing that they found me on, and if they brought ten people, which is usually the case, I get one guy that was a fan, and then he sends that story around, and he has a group of twelve. If he, if they came to hear that one story, I'm telling it. Yeah, I'm telling it. This year, I'm telling it. This year, next year, when this next hour special is out, I'm done. And I and and that's why I'm doing going to theaters because I think I did this theater tour in Australia, and I was like, I liked that I could do an hour ten of original material. And then do an encore and, and tell the machine story. And mean, it was one show. You're
2: doing encores,
0: dude. You know the first dude I ever saw
2: doing an encore? Uh, no. John Panette. Really? You remember John Panette? Fuck yes. Dude, first of all, let me just say this. So in my new special, I have a story at the end, two stories. I close on two stories back to back. One's nine minutes. One's ten minutes. And the, the nine minute is about me buying a dildo for me and my wife like to like try something new yeah and it's my favorite joke it's murder fest and it's fun and it's like again it's another thing about marriage like hey how do you like how do you keep sex to be something that's like new and exciting so like you you try things that are like way out of my element yeah and uh you know and i love it so that's that's for me is my new like and it's way more adult than the wrong number story. It's like this dildo story is like something for me that I'm like, okay, I wanted to like come up like, because for me, and I'm sure you're going through it too, is that wrong number story became the thing that like people like, well, what can you do now? Like, are you going to come up with, are you going like, to, if you're a storyteller, are you going to have a story that's better than that wrong number story? Maybe not, but you want to give them like, hey, you're gonna try. you like storytelling? are not going to not try. Check this out. Like, yeah. here's another story that I put myself through. To for you people. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like we go out and do these things for people so that we can come back, you know? Um But dude, I got a chance to open for Panette and they they were like I, I'm just like I had never seen this stand-up. I just knew him from the last episode of Seinfeld because I was such a Seinfeld head. Oh yeah. I was never a stand-up fan before stand-up. You know what I mean? Oh yeah yeah. So I was like one of yeah, those I was guys. That way too. I didn't know who Bill Hicks was. I didn't know who I didn't know who Burr was until I was seven years into comedy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I didn't know any of these people. So I open for Pennett, I'm like, oh it's gonna be all fat jokes, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. And I watched him. First of all, it was at a theater, seventeen hundred people sold out. I go, uh, all right, I'm gonna go up there, we're starting. And he goes, All right, let's go. And I go, I go, Oh, you're gonna come up? He goes, Yeah, well who's gonna introduce you? And I'm like, Oh, you're gonna introduce me? And he goes, Yeah. And I was like, Jesus, what a class act. You know what I mean? Yeah. He introduces me from the God Mike says to everyone hey everybody it's john and the place goes nuts yeah and he's like uh how's everyone doing tonight blah 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 and he goes before i come out i'll be out in a little bit i got a great friend who's here with me gave me the most genuine like introduction of all time and then i went out had a great set and then i sat backstage and watched him just annihilate yeah not and his perspective on like fat was just different than anyone i've ever seen yeah he finishes comes off and i'm backstage and i'm like dude that was insane i go you want me to like say good night to everybody he goes nah nah give him a second i'm gonna go back out and i go well, you're going back out he goes yeah and then he went
0: back out and like did the hits and i just was like holy shit i'd never seen that that's what a, I, I believe that's what a comedy show should be i mean in my opinion like if i watch ron white i really oh, want to see tater salad yeah i really like i'm being i'm being real i'll pay an extra 30 bucks if he tells it yeah like i, I want to hear him tell the bit i want to hear him you know for me, what I do is I tell the machine story a little different every time mm-hmm. I add things that I didn't add to the original story. There's, there's obviously you're going to tell it for one more year after you've told her on your special, there are going to be new parts that, that kill even harder than you're like, where, oh, where, where was this fucking four years ago? But for the most part, I do believe, uh, I do believe I'm, I believe I'm not, I'm, I'm writing an hour of material. I'm working on the next special. I'm going to, I think I'm going to get rid of it and not tell it uh in this coming tours. Mm-hmm. Only because I'm I need a closer. I need to find a closer. Yeah. I need to have a closer. Something that I'm solid with and I go thank you good night and I can get a standing ovation on that. Yeah. But uh but yeah, I don't know. I I feel perspective-wise I just feel very blessed that anyone's anyone wants to hear anything that I'm doing. Of course. So that I go I go okay, if you like that, then of course I'll do it. Why wouldn't I do it? That would be short-sighted of me not to do it. Um, and I, and I think that is, you know, it's, it's also, that's my perspective. The same way Bill and Louis said, Hey, we're going to write a new hour every year. And everyone's like, what are you fucking crazy? And people there are people that didn't, there are people that go, Hey, you don't ever repeat a bit. And I go, I don't know. You can do it that way. I'm going to do it my way. Yeah, for I'm going to sure, do it my man. way and go, I'm cool with my way. Um, and I'd be, yeah, the, but it would, but I also think that me and you have bits. And by the way, I don't, if you're a comic, you listen to this and you're getting offended by this, I apologize, but I believe we have bits that stamped us into uh, this social media uh, collective unconscious. Mm-hmm. Like I, I believe that this is going to sound really. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm misstaying this, but I believe that like I don't know. I, I shouldn't say anything, but I think that they're like because <laughs> it's just like. We're different than Dave Chappelle. Like Dave Chappelle, everything he does is of that quality. Yeah. Like everything he does for everyone watching him, there is a, a preciousness to it. Every word he says, there's a preciousness to. With us, we were fucking jobbers. We were journeymen. Yeah. For and then sure. we got a bit that everyone found and we go, Yeah, 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 yeah. I am that guy. I also can do all this other shit. I want you to appreciate the other shit and like it, but I'm not going to force feed it to you. I'm not going to go, no, 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 no. I got fucking, uh, you don't know who the fuck you're talking to. I'm a fucking, I'm just as, I look, I'm not as good as Chappelle. I'm Bert Kreischer. I can do what I do. And and by the way, I want you to have a great time. I want you, that's, I don't know. I'm overthinking this. All I know is that Chris Porter was like, he was like, you know, I watched you do The Machine Story. He's like, I, first I was like, I think you should get rid of it. But then I watched him go crazy when you said, when I was 22, I got involved with the Russian Mafia. The place goes fucking bananas when I say that. And he goes, and then I thought, why don't I do a couple of bits when they're dropping the checks? Why don't I do some greatest hits, some bits? So he went on stage and he's like, he's like, they're dropping the checks. You know, is there anything anyone would like to hear? And someone goes, Doritos. And he's like, huh? Or Taco Bell, Taco Bell. And he was like, uh, okay. And he didn't remember how it went and he kind of muddled through it and it fucking murdered. That's dope. But I don't know. I'm overthinking it. Yeah, well, every, you know, it's just
2: like parenting, dude. You look at your kids, you parent one kid differently than you do the other one because they're different people. It's like comedians are the same way with their materials. One comic, the way he handles his stand up is going to be different than how another one does.
0: Yeah, like Segura barely writes his, and the performance is low grade.
2: So it's, <laughs> and, and people really react to it, and you're like, what is this? You know? <laughs> But, you know, I've been just trying to do way more crowd work, dude. I, I crush at crowd work and I love it. Yeah. And it's like, I just, I love doing it now because I've always loved it. But then, like, you know, when you're putting specials out, you can't be. Like, in my special, I don't have any crowd work. When I did my half hour special, there's like, I do like an interactive portion where, like, I ask looking for questions because then I use those to, like, work off of. And now I'm like, man, I just like, like, Todd Barry did that whole crowd work. The crowd work, yeah. And I'm like, man, like, you know when big j had his show and i'm like oh man i love that so it's like you know
0: you just you should always be evolving you know but that you was – I be something that, that's a very natural tendency for guys like me and you because i think me and you are guys that can go up i i, I feel like i i i i felt handicapped when i did my first special cuz so i was like I was like, I'm not going to talk to anybody. That's how I do comedy. It's more interactive. Well,
2: that's what stand up is supposed to be. It's supposed to be live. You're supposed to be in the room. It's supposed to be whatever's happening in that
0: room is happening, and you have your jokes in, as a part of it, you know? Yeah, me monologuing for an hour, I didn't think was as good as me doing stand up.
2: Monologuing.
0: Like just going, my name's Bert. I know what you're thinking. Ha, ha, ha. Funny about, uh oh, oh, Bert, Bert, or whatever. Yeah. And, and, oh, next one. Next one, next one. I remember at one point going, I should break this up by saying <laughs> something to somebody, but I didn't. No, you can't. No.
2: Oh, you can. I mean, it all depends on what it is.
0: Yeah, you can move that mic around I'm as gonna, much as you I'm need gonna to. I'm gonna move this right um, now. But, uh, but yeah. So, so where did you film your special? The L Ray.
2: Oh, nice. Yeah,
0: I wanted something like
2: big and like, you know, somewhat iconic. You know, the L Ray, dude. I remember the first time I walked in there. You know, like those those venues when you go see a live. Like, I only saw music there, and every time I went in there, I was like, man, this place is just so
0: awesome. The Wiltern. The Wiltern, You know, that place blew me away, dude. Well, and what, it's called the Wiltern because it's on the corner of Wilcox and... And Wiltern. No, it's on the, the corner of... Isn't that Wiltern? Wait, no, no. I'm thinking of the wrong theater. What's the theater that's a little more towards Koreatown? Yeah, that's the Wiltern. But it's on the corner of Wilcox. Wilshire and Wilcox? Wilshire and Turn. Something Turn. Oh, really? Yeah, Turn. It's the two... Western. W- Western. Wilshire, Wilshire yeah. and Western. That's right. That's why oh, they call it the Wiltern. Why.
2: Yeah, dude. I mean, you know, being able to do a venue like that, that's what, I mean, you know, the I wanted this special to be more about, like, who I was as an adult, whereas, like, everything in my past was, like, just fun and light, and this was more like, hey, I wanted to get into some stuff. Like, I closed my special on a story about when my dad died two and a half years ago. I'd only seen him once since I was 12, and that was when I was, like, 34. So when he passed, I was 39 and I'd only seen him that one time, and uh, but I was in New York. I was doing Best Bars uh, press. We were doing the Today Show, and my brother called me, and he never calls me. And he was like, uh, "Hey," and no, he. I pick up the phone and I go, "Hey," and he goes, "Hey," and I go, "Who died?" Like, because my brother doesn't call me, and he goes, "Dad died," <laughs> and he hadn't talked to him. Like, he had no relationship. I would at least email, like twice a year if it like we connected and stuff like that yeah so the whole last 10 minutes of my special is about i went home from new york i called my wife i'm like i'm gonna go home and she's like what are you gonna do and i'm like i think i'm gonna like i reached out to my aunt who reached out to his wife and i'm gonna go to his house and like she's gonna let me go through his stuff Really? And, yeah, which... How weird is that, dude? I was, like, just show sure, like... Not knowing a dude and going hey, through his shit. you cool if I just peep around, go through his crap? And she was like, yeah. So, like, the whole last 10 minutes of my special is a story about me going home and, like, going face-to-face with her. And, like, you know, that, that'd be, that be a story that, like, if I was doing it on Comedy Central, they'd be like, I don't think we should do this story. And I'm like, oh, yeah, well, when you pay for it yourself, you can do whatever you want. And I really yeah. wanted to, like, get across in this this hour that like I'm a different person as an adult now, and something like this is like imp- it was important for me to tell the story because I was like there are so many people that like fatherhood and motherhood and you know having parents is like we all have it, and we all have a different story, so like my story of like my dad having no relationship with me for whatever reason i still don't have never gotten a reason for me to like need. Uh, have a need to go explore at least his home, you know what I mean? Was so important. And I imagine there are so many people out there that have something that relates to it. And by me finding a way to make it funny is a way for other people to like, that might like, you know what? Like my buddy right now, his, he just found out who his dad was. And he's like, I, I know he's like, I don't know if I should reach out. We're about to have a kid, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, Hey man, for whatever it's worth, like, what harm is it to you like you might have a rough time dealing with it if you meet him like he's like well what if he asked me for money what if he's doing this and i'm like well whatever man it's like do it for you if you want to do it so like that's kind of like everything went into me deciding what that special was going to be from the lighting from the room that i was in because i knew the material i wanted to talk about on stage and i wanted it to be a part of like i wanted it to feel like old hollywood you know like you know like that that room is, like, red, like, walls with yeah. big chandeliers. And I wanted that, like... You know, it's in the middle of Hollywood. And I wanted it to all feel, like, you know, adult or, like, older or, like, you know... I never used to swear in my stand-up. And this, there's swearing. There's so much truth in that special. And I just wanted it to be... Like, I just feel like in life in general, we're just... We... I think that, like, we duck away from topics that are sensitive to people now... And we always have, but way more now than ever. Yeah. And it, at our job as comedians is we find light in these stories so that other people that are out there that are like don't know how to find the light or are uncomfortable with it or can't relate to someone, that we're able to do it. So so wait, what did you wear for your special? I wore black boots, Yeah. gray slacks, yeah. a blue sweater, and a white button down underneath nice okay i like you know i didn't go suit i didn't want it to be a suit because that's too formal yeah i wanted it to be like classy but yet and i'm also fat dude and i was like i'm so like tired of being fat i'm like i gotta wear like a navy shirt so uh yeah you know so wait what was the story with your dad i thought about wearing no shirt
0: i'm like should i wear no shirt is anyone doing that (laughs) um some guy said to me the other day i was at the uh ice house and someone's like dude someone's doing your act and i went what They're like someone's doing your act it's a fucking up there should we call him on it and i went yeah if someone's doing my act like what bit and they go no he's got his shirt off i went well oh, i don't own that <laughs> <laughs> we all take our shirts off <laughs> at some point people are doing that for years um but what uh what was the story with your dad what do you mean like you had you had you you have a brother and two sisters and yeah. two sisters and your yeah. dad's the father of all them yep my
2: parents were married, yeah, and then when I was two, they split, and then you the youngest, yeah, and
0: <laughs> no, I'm the oldest, but he's just really busy.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, but yeah, who knows, man? I have we we still don't know. Like, I don't know why. Like, I, I I've been meaning to ask my mom. Like, did he even try to get custody? With like, that's something that like he went for like i feel like there's also this weird depiction of like what a man is in in a mar in like a family like a father like it's always like it's a mommy and me class it's like the mom gets maternity no one thinks yeah. like oh the father needs to have time to connect with his children when they're brand new like it none of that's like really considered and i feel like especially back when i was young when they got divorced they were just like oh the the woman will get the house and she gets the kids and bubble blah, blah, blah. So, oh, yeah, i don't know if that was the case where it's like you know i don't I, you know
0: so, who knows? You know, which sucks too because, uh, and I, I don't hang out with you and your wife, but I do know that you have taken you. You are one of the few guys that took very quickly to fatherhood. That oh, really dude. enjoyed it. Yeah. I remember when you got pregnant. You, I think, I think I was with you, or you like right after then or you were about to. You texted me, and you are like, "Dude, I'm so fucking pumped." Oh yeah, well like. You know what's crazy, dude, is I honestly
2: felt like I never even could do stand-up till I had kids. I always used to be like, man, I just want to be a dad. I feel like I should have been a dad at, like, 18 because I'm just like... Like, I would give people, like parenting advice when I didn't when I was like 21, 22 like I would do stand up like try and tell people how to live their lives and I'm like you have no life experience what makes you think you know this but like dude I wanted kids in 5th grade I had names picked out for what I was going to name my kids Are you serious? yeah like it was always the. I was like, I'm like I'm going to be a dad and I'm going to fucking crush it Yeah, and I'm going to like give my kids an opportunity to be like to see life the way that i wish that i had been given an opportunity because like my dad was an interesting dude and he had interesting parents and like i feel like my brother and i one time i remember like so my grandfather owned a bakery he had two bakeries and they had this awesome house like up on the water and mom's mom's dad no my dad's dad you knew that guy yeah we knew them my mom like really kept a relationship with them because she wanted us to know them you know what i mean so what would your grandfather say to you and stuff? Like, would he be like... Back then, we would see my dad, like, once a month or once every two weeks or something like that, and I don't think he knew. And, you know, he passed away when I was in fifth grade, so it wasn't like I stopped seeing my dad after, after his funeral.
0: Like, after, oh, after your father, yeah. Yeah, like, when my
2: grandmother passed, we didn't go to the funeral, you know, yeah. like, because my dad called my mom and said, I don't want you there. So we were all like, well, fuck him. We're not going either.
0: Holy shit. So,
2: like, you know, but my grandfather, dude, he worked on the atom bomb. He worked at Los Alamos. He was at Harvard as studying physics. Went, worked on the atom bomb. Came back. Was like, this is not the life for me. His grandfather was a baker. He, you know, there's a lot of math in that. I oh, guess. What a transition. Yeah, dude. Bombs to fucking cookies,
0: bro. Bombs to bunts. <laughs> bunts. Yeah. Fucking, that's insane. Yeah. So, so then your your dad. In so fifth I used grade. To, that's the last time you started really hanging out with yeah. Your dad? That was
2: the last time I went to the antique store. With, he was an antique dealer. He he ran the bakery. And then he was like, his passion was always antiques, and he just wanted to do antiques. And he ran the bakery in the ground. My grandmother, my grandfather, like sold the bakery, and then you know we went in. He went into doing antiques full time, which isn't like you know there's not like a ton of money in antiques, but like yeah, but he,
0: that is an interesting choice.
2: Yeah, that's what he, I mean. So when he died, I went through his house and there's like books on silver coins. Like he was like astute at coins like that was his thing it was like silver and like precious metals really yeah but like um like he and my mom used to like when we were kids when i was like super young and my brothers and sisters were young my dad would go and clean out people's like attics and garages for free because he would just take stuff because he had the eye he knew what was what you know wow so he was always doing that on the side so like my grandfather had this awesome house up on the water and they had like a boat and i remember one time i was like this is like maybe eight years ago 10 years ago i was like home with my brother and we were like in boston and i was like God, you realize we should have had a boat dude and he's like i know man like we <laughs> should have been like spending our summers up there and like yeah. working like Having, like, lobster traps like my dad did when he was a kid and shit like that. So, like... Did your dad come from money? No. Like, my grandfather, like, made himself, you know? Like, they didn't have money. So, like, my dad, when he was a kid, had his own lobster traps and would then get lobsters and then sell them to restaurants in town. Like, you
0: know, making his own money. Do you see the connection? Like, I, I see it very thinly veiled, but the connection of the man your grandfather and your father was and how it kind of slides into, like, your little eccentricities. dude beyond that's like one of the things that like
2: always upset me was I was like I could have been so much more had you taken the time to share with me like with my kids now I like I am like even at three I'm like explain every little detail of what I know what I've gathered because yeah. I'm like that's what like parents are supposed to do and uh, I mean I I haven't even cracked my mom's dad he was a fucking dope dude too but like yeah man there was so when I connected with him at 25 that was the first time since 12, that's when I started like emailing with him and like he would write me and I'm like, oh my God, this I'm just like this guy. I talk like him. I think like him. Like, and I didn't even know that. And then like, then, then like, then we didn't talk for four years and I reconnected again. And it was always this thing. It was always on me. It wasn't like he wasn't, he wasn't reaching out to me. I was always the one reaching out, you know? Did he start another family? He married this chick who was, who I saw when I went home through his, and like just, they, they never had, she had had a son before, they never had any kids. Was she hot? I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah, not really. What was vibe. that?
0: Did you ever, as a kid, uh, blame, like, do you ever get in a fight with your mom and go, that's why he left?
2: No, but my mom was like, my mom was a super artistic woman. Like, when we were kids, we went to the ballet, symphony. This is the thing. My mom really? worked at a ballet. Okay. So we never had cable. You know what I mean? Like, we didn't have cable. TV was not a big thing in our home. We would go to the ballet because my mom worked there. Mm -hmm. My brother was an artist. We'd always be at the museum. We would go see the symphony because my mom still plays an uh, organ and was like a musician in college and stuff. We would, you know, all we did was do artistic stuff. Um, But at the end of the day, my mom was like hardcore like i remember i was just the other day we were at this wedding and i was talking to the woman who was hosting the wedding because my friends had it at this house and we were like she was talking about like like a, like a yak spit in her face one time she's like have you ever been spit in the face and i go yeah my mom spit in my face <laughs> once and she goes yeah right and started laughing i go no i swear to god she goes what happened i go I was 17, we were fighting, and I was getting in the shower, and she ripped the curtain open and yelling at me, and then I was like, get the fuck, like, pulling it back, and then she just spit in my face and walked out, and she goes, what'd you do? And I go... I fell to the tub and cried my ass off. (laughs) My mom spit in my face. Do you you talk about
0: that on stage?
2: No, not yet. Jay. I know. I'll get it. I'll get it.
0: (laughs) I mean, my mom spit in my face.
2: Because I don't think of it as any... I'm just like, oh, yeah, just that's something that happened. You know, like
0: when something happens to you, that's normal. (laughs) you just like, oh, what? You've never been spit in the face? There's a girl, uh, Taylor Tomlinson, that I work with. You know mm -hmm. Taylor? She's got one of my favorite jokes is she goes, you ever... uh, I, I'm going to fuck her joke up. I shouldn't even try to do it. But, uh, she says, you ever, um, you ever talk to someone and you share stories of your childhood and then you realize you were there, like, someone's like, oh, I remember what, going to bed without dinner. It's like, we wore muzzles. <laughs> 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 like, just those, those, that is a fucking, like, I've never been spit in the face. It's a really interesting. You don't, I mean, I,
2: in my special, I talk about my mom one time, like, going to town on my ass with a metal spatula. <laughs> And I talk about – I go, you know, my whole life I thought I got beat. And then I go, now that I have two kids, I think back and I'm like, she needed that. You know what I mean? Just to be a better parent. She had to like let off one day. So like, you know – I talk about that, but I haven't, like... I didn't even realize getting spit in the face was so dramatic until this woman said this about the animal spit in her face. Yeah. And she basically said it, like, changed her entire life. She sold her home. She moved. She was, like... It was, like, a sign to her. It, like... It was so demoralizing to her. And I was like, oh, my God. And then I'm like, oh, yeah. And then when I told her that, she was just, like... She was blown away that that happened. And if you met my mom, you'd be like, no way this woman spit in your face. But that's, like when you're when you're a single parent of 4 you have to be the mom and the dad you know what i mean yeah. she had to she had to drop the hammer when she had to and my mom was kind of forced into a life that like wasn't what she would have done you know what i mean really? like i think if my mom could have gone back she wouldn't have married my dad she would have gone to new york and tried to be in a, a costume a uh, like a uh, clothing designer or an interior designer or something yeah. like that because that was like her real passion like we would go to like designer show houses when we were kids and like i was always at fabric stores and like you know doing all these things with my mom which is why like when you ask me what to do out in that backyard i'm yeah. like oh dude i'll tell you in two seconds i got it on my phone
0: yeah it's right here it's so funny i i don't um my my fear of uh replicating my father's past meaning like the the similar i want to talk about your dad okay
2: but go ahead you say what you want to say but i have something like i want to tell you a story about my mom and then i want to bring up a story about your dad that i remember and see how drastically contrasted our parents are okay Let's do it. Okay. So I was in a movie a couple years ago called The Invitation. It was a thriller and it it did really well and it was out everywhere. Not in major theaters, but like it was, you know, I think we had like 46 cities or something like that. So it was in Boston. My mom went to it. She not only went to it, she brought flowers for herself that she bought and then was like going through the lobby being like, my son is in the movie, like telling people. (laughs) Yeah. Whereas your dad... That time I worked with you in Miami, he lived in Florida, so he came, and I, I remember being at the club, and you're walking it's before showtime, which is like the fucking coolest time, yeah. is when you're in that showroom, and everyone's setting up, and you're like, this is a fucking show tonight, yeah. and people are coming, and like you're walking around with your dad, and I'm like, dude, this is fucking awesome, Bert's dad's here, <laughs> and for me, who had no relationship with my dad, I'm like, this is the coolest shit, Um, you guys had just gone to dinner, and then I'm like... I remember getting in the green room. I'm like, uh, where's your dad at? And he's like, you're like, oh, he left. And I go, what do you mean? Yeah. He goes, yeah, he's like, he's going to sit at the bar or go somewhere else. I'm like, he's not going to watch the show? And you're like, no, nah, he's never seen me perform and no. will not watch me perform. And I couldn't, I remember just being like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah.
0: Is it still? Still never seen me perform. What? Never seen me perform. Why? It uh, d- makes him uncomfortable. Makes him really Like, is he afraid? No, just makes him uncomfortable. Like, I imagine it would be like... Uh, like probably seeing your kids naked, I'm guessing. Yeah. Like I, I like my daughter, well, privacy is a big thing in our house right now. My daughter's going through puberty. Yeah. So like, uh, like I and, I, and you're you and yeah and it's, and, and, <laughs> and so I imagine it would be that's the similar. My mom loves it. My mom will like when I'm at the Tampa Improv. My parents will come down to pick me up because I usually stay. We all stay. I stay with them. Um, and my mom will come in and pop into the into the showroom and laugh hard as shit. My dad will sit out at the bar. In like like in clothes, it looks like he just got out of bed, like like a, a fucking <laughs> a Nike uh, like uh, sweat wick shirt and mm-hmm. uh, and shorts and and penny loafers, and just sit at the bar and have a drink. And he just will not come in. It's He's so still crazy. he it makes him really uncomfortable. Yeah, I don't know why. Um, I don't. It doesn't bother me though because I don't really know anything different. Yeah, exactly. Like he just. I remember. When I, I remember when I first started doing stand-up, I had to do a um, a sizzle, a seven-minute like a seven minute audition tape for Will Smith. Uh, they had seen me perform. They wanted Will to see me perform. Yeah. Will didn't want to come down to the club. They were like, just make a seven-minute tape. So I went to Caroline's, made a seven-minute tape. And it was probably one of the better tapes I've ever made of stand-up ever in my life. By the way,
2: yeah, no, no one here cares. But trying to get a good tape is like nightmare.
0: Nightmare. It but is. Go ahead. It is. It is. It is catching lightning in a bottle. Yeah, you need the right time. You need to be the right time to go up. You need to have the Everything. right audience. It's got to be recorded po- like good. It's really difficult. And I that- just had to do it
2: like two weeks ago. Like we had a tape for late night for for to promote this special. Yeah, and th- I crushed at the improv. I'm like, can you guys send me that? They're like, yep. They send it to me. No sound. They hadn't recorded sound. Oh, that's then great. Then so I went again. Had a great set. I'm like, can you guys send that to me? They go, yep. I don't get it. I, I email. I call. They're like, camera broke that day. So then I, had to, then I got one. It was done. Sent it. Tonight Show was like, they had had it for like six days. And then they went to watch. And they're like, oh, it's not there. I hit the improv. They're like, oh, we deleted it. We deleted it after a certain amount of time because we need the space. And I'm like, oh, really? Because that wasn't a big deal for me at all. Then I had to go. I brought a camera. It cut out after five minutes because there was a glitch in my camera. Like all these things, just to get this, and and my publicist is like, "Hey, what's going on with this tape?" And I'm like, "Fucking, do you have any idea how hard it is to get a good tape? <laughs> it like, it, you have to crush the
0: sound, has to be right. No one can be walking in front. It's just like it's near impossible. There, it's a it's a big learning curve on for a comic to make his own tape is a tremendous learning curve Ugh. because it's just trial and error, trial and error. Uh, I got to a place where I'm really good at making tapes now. I make tapes really great because I have uh, have all the equipment. I use that camera with a wide-angle lens. I set it on manual focus so that it's focused on me so that if anyone walks in front of it, it doesn't refocus. That always throws you out of it. I use separate audio. I have an audio boom mic, shotgun mic on this uh, H6 that I put on top. I wire that into the camera. I then wire that into the board. So I get audience sounds. I, I, I can really get do a good tape now. Um, I did it for my last special. I recorded every show. And I got, just got obsessive about it. And I was like, I'm going to really take it high end. But back in the day, you could make a tape at like, five, Like this, we're talking 1998, 99. You could make a tape in maybe two clubs in all of New York. Yeah. I remember Ben Bailey asked me to record his set. He was like, hey, man, I'm, I'm submitting for something. Will you record it? And I went, yeah, yeah, sure. So he gave me the camera. And I recorded it handheld and so it shook the whole time so i'm like and you're probably I'm laughing like, and my arms getting tired i'm laughing and i'm and but uh but yeah it's it's tough to make a good tape that tape i made i gave to will will immediately gave me a deal and i was like okay it must be i didn't even watch it i was like it must be good i'm gonna send it to my family my sisters watched it with my dad and my mom in the living room and they're like dad got aggressively drunk to watch it like he could not sit in front of it <laughs> and they go he watched the first joke the first joke was uh was um about the real world uh-huh and he had never seen the real world so he was like i he's not funny and my sister's like dad the real world is the tv show the joke was uh every time i watch the real world it's the same thing uh five white people and one black person five by one, 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 one person i was like one time i'd like to see the opposite five black guys and one white chick yo uh i don't know yo uh what's up stephanie this, my name is ray ray this is literally it's all cultural appropriation now i look back but and then they're like welcome to the real world we turn your room into a studio mm-hmm. whatever mm-hmm. uh my dad's like i don't get it why is he doing black accents why is he doing a black guy's voice oh my god and then the next joke's about me and dimitri martin on a train and he laughed at that one and then he was like oh, okay i guess he's funny i'm fine but uh my dad still won't Well, now I now I'm like I don't want to jinx it. Don't fucking come. I'm I'm, my career's going fine. Now you're like yeah, whatever. It is what it is. Yeah, he's a different. He's a a really. uh, I guess uh, the thing I was going to say is uh, that I don't fucking. I by the way, I never really found my dad funny, and lately he is everything he's saying is making me laugh so hard that I'm going that I'm putting him in my act. He did something yesterday that was so. It was maybe one of the funniest things I've, I it won't work on stage, but it, to me and you, it's, I think you'd get a kick out of it. Um, he flew from Tampa, my sister's having a baby tonight, mm-hmm. and so he flew from Tampa yesterday morning uh, to come out for the birth. He texts me at like three in the morning and he goes, Joey Diaz is on my plane. And so oh my God. I, 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 I don't get it, it's three in the morning here. But uh, his next text is, I think he's eating pot cookies. He just that. yelled back, Mr. K, you want one of my cookies? <laughs> and, I was like, and I was like, please say dad didn't eat a cookie. So he lands. They're both sitting in first class. He lands. My dad comes down the escalator in Terminal 2 for Delta off to the side. And he comes up and he's like, uh, Joey Diaz is on my flight. And I said, yeah. He calls him Joey D. Joey D was on my flight. I said, yeah. And he goes, yeah. I said, did you sit next to him? He goes, No. My dad's like, I sat next to a fucking moron. I said, really? He goes, Bert. He goes, I mean, I'm assuming the guy has money if he's flying first class, because I know how expensive this ticket is. This fucking guy played Candy Crush the whole flight. He goes, he's a grown man, and he played Candy Crush. He played a fucking game. I go, well, you know, for a lot of people, no, 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 Bert, no. He played a game, a child's game. He's a grown man, good shape, physical. Just played a game from takeoff to landing got him to go to the bathroom and brought the game with him and was still playing the game when he sat back in his seat the whole fucking flight he must have looked at me going oh guys reading books what an idiot is this guy just fucking played a game can you believe that and i go that's crazy that he was so upset by it yeah that a man would play a game yeah joey diaz comes out of the down the escalator and he co- i go what's up joey was the flight he goes dog your dad sat next to john cena <laughs> Shut a up, wrestler. Dude. My dad goes, Who's that? And, and he goes, He's a pro wrestler, Mr. K. He goes, he, My dad goes, He's a fucking moron. He's a fucking moron.
2: <laughs> dude, you got to get like John Cena to like send a video message to him, like, You got a
0: problem, son? Dude, it was, I was laughing so hard. And I go, You know who he is, right? And my dad goes, No, my dad doesn't know anything about pro wrestlers. Yeah. I go, He was in Trainwreck with Amy Schumer. Yeah, he's in tons of stuff. Yeah. Though. And I go, he's, dad, he's one of the biggest pro wrestlers ever. I go, he had big arms. My dad goes, oh, his his arms, his calves, he's got a bad back. He put a, a pillow behind his back. Uh, There's something wrong with his back. I thought it was because he was playing the goddamn game the whole time. Like, what what grown-up plays a game? He was so upset. Yeah. that a I, I Generation. But Joey Diaz coming down going, dog, your dad sat next to John Cena. That is like, so funny. Joey. And then uh, and then my dad loves Joey Diaz. Loves Joey Diaz. I mean, Joey it's hard Diaz. to not love Joey Diaz. It, there are people who don't. Dude, he is fucking hilarious. I'm always blown away when someone goes after Joey Diaz, like the John Caparulo stuff, where him and Joey went at it, and yeah. then John was like, "Let's flame throw this." I'll go after Rogan too, and I was like, in my head, I was like, "Is my thing is like why? Like, I think about that. I have I have beef with a guy uh, that I've I've shared too much on this podcast um, that I don't really have beef with him anymore, uh, but but um." But I know that we don't. We would never speak to each other. Like the, the, he would never talk to me, and and adversely, I'm just wouldn't talk to him because I don't want to be. I don't want to get into a confrontation. I don't like confrontation. And he emailed me the other day, and uh, emailed my manager and said, uh, "Can you please get me Bert's info? Uh, he'll he'll know what it's about." And I w- immediately was like, um, "Oh, cool! He wants to like bury the hatchet." Yeah. And then I consulted a couple people and they're like, no, I don't think he wants to bury the hatchet. I think he wants to finished telling you off. And I was like, what? Is he a comedian? Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Everyone knows that me and him have beef, but I was like, in my head, I'm like excited for his email. Cause I'm like, I would like to get past this. I would love to have him on my podcast. I'd love to talk about the, well, why don't you just have him on and hash it out over on the podcast. I, I don't think he cares to, I don't, I mean, well, I'm, I, I don't out know to your manager. No, he but he reached out. I think, I think I personally felt like he wanted to, what time do you have to be out of here? I, I'm good. Um, I personally felt like he wants to... I feel like... I know that we're both grown-ups, and we're both very in very different places in our career than we were that one time we had a hiccup. Yeah. My frustration with that moment is less about being asked to not do the show and more about the fact that I respected him as a comic, and I I felt like we were becoming friends, and then I realized that was not the case. Gotcha. That... Ultimately, and, and I have to admit this now as a forty-four year old man. I know, I, know I, I from what I hear, he's not boozing real hard anymore. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, I don't know. And so, I, I personally think he reached out to me to be like, "Hey, man, we're both grown ups. I have no problem with you. I, I quite honestly, Bert, I haven't even thought about you in ten years. The fact that you're still upset about this, I, I, I was assuming he was." Gonna be like, I'm sorry. I uh I'm sorry that for whatever I, feelings I gave you, and then I immediately I'd say I'm sorry for being for holding on to this. I and I think I just held on to it because. But I, that wasn't the case. I don't know. I haven't gotten oh, an okay. email back. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. I got you. I haven't gotten the email back, and now that I've said it on this, I'm sure he just won't email me. Yeah. But uh. But yeah, I reached. Out. I talked to a couple of people, and they're like, No, I don't. I don't think he's. <laughs> I Leanne was the first one. Leanne read the email. And she's like, I, I don't think he's ready to bury the hatchet. I go, yeah, he is. I was like, we're both grownups. Like, what are we holding on to? Yeah. And by the way, what's he he's has a career that's 10 times bigger than mine. There's no way that, he, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he sure. won. Yeah. So, yeah. But but my point is, I would never create tension. Like, yeah. when John Caprilla did that, I was like, like, there's things I don't like about people, but I don't share it. No fucking way. And this is too small a
2: business. We have like, we're all comedians. Don't you think there's some kind of like thing? Just, I, I have no idea. Everyone's got their livelihood. I don't, I don't get into any of that shit. I don't care. You know at what all I, mean? I
0: don't care. I, at all. Like, there's, I do the opposite. There are people that are so talented that I, I naturally, and by the way, this is going to surprise a lot of people, but I naturally have a defensive feeling when i see them on stage of like of like it's it's a protective feeling of like you, you almost just am i making any sense like you they're so good you go like fuck i don't want to go after them um
2: and i don't sh- go after anyone but i just have got to the point where i'm like th- there's so little no, i time. meant like
0: follow them like i don't want to follow them i don't want to like like a, a perfect example of a friend of both a mutual friend rory scovel Made me laugh so hard the first time I ever heard of him mm-hmm. that I was frustrated that I had never heard of him, but in hearing him the very first time, he made me laugh like that. Yeah. like I was like, hold the fucking. Fu- Who is this guy? Yeah, like he was on Todd Glass's podcast. I was on a train going to Amsterdam and I was doubled over laughing, and I was like, oh my god. Then I followed him on Instagram. I was like, oh my god, he does stuff I like to do a lot. How I, how have I never met this guy? What happens in this business? I think a lot of people then. Revert that energy and go fuck that guy. Does that make sense? Yeah, of course. And and I am the opposite of that. Where I went, I go very easily look. At, there's a lot of people that very easily can look at Roy Scoville and go fuck, like, yeah, fuck, like his set he did for was it Conan in the theater in the Apollo dude. in the Apollo, Come unbelievable, on. it's unbelievable. The thing I've he said did with him. John Doerr? yeah, fuck off, unbelievable. The fact I walked him do a set and he did the whole thing as a Christian youth minister and destroyed as a Christian youth minister,
2: yeah. Yeah, he's super talented, man. Roy's one of my best friends. I yeah. love him to death. You know what I mean? <clears throat> he's super talented. But I never look at guys and say, I don't want to go after him. I just like, oh, go go take that energy and go a different way with it. Oh, uh, there's
0: guys I have a hard time following. There's, well, we all have. Yeah, you know. There's gonna. anyone who defines a room like that. Like, I'll, I'll, fo- I'll follow anyone. That's because I'm not the kind of guy that jockeys to no get my way. spot on a yeah. set. I'm, if you tell me I'm going fifth, I go fifth. I'm not going to fucking. Yeah. If I have a problem with going fifth, I'll call you before I even show up to the show and I know the lineup. And I go, hey, my daughter has a whatchamacallit. Yeah. it? you mind if I, can I go earlier? No, I don't want to know the lineup. But uh, but there are definitely guys. There's one guy. I wish I could remember his name. It's three names. He's a, a alt comic. Very, very funny. He does a bit about shining his robot. I don't know, but man, as the one guy I followed on stage. A couple guys, uh, him entirely, where I realized he changed the room entirely. Yeah, and I was like, my, like when I got up, I my only instinct was to talk about how good he was. Yeah, like Ralphie. I remember Ralphie came up. It was the first encore I ever saw. I would never want to follow Ralph. I followed Ralphie three times. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest, and it was. Every time was fucking soul sucking. Yeah, I followed Ralphie on a cruise ship on Cowhead's cruise, and Ralphie's like, "Oh, I, I ain't going after you, Bert Kreischer. I ain't been doing shit lately. I, I'm fucking rusty." And I was like, "I was, I was believing in myself. Uh-huh. I was, I had been following Billy Gardell for a year, and then been following Jay Moore for two years." Yeah. Uh, Because Jay used to do a thing where Tom would open, he'd do an hour, and then I had to close. Yeah. And I was like, I got this. I was like, don't worry, man. I'll follow you. (sighs) Ralphie put a hurt on me that I have not experienced since. Yeah. He did. That dude's beast mode. Man, he had this ability of rattling off punchline after punchline after punchline after punchline to the point where you would sit there and go, I wouldn't have written one of those. Yeah, I think that he was... Yeah, dude. And the last time I saw him, he murdered in a way. The very last time I saw him do stand up, he murdered in a way that that I I said to myself, "Man, I've been sleeping on how funny he is. I should be watching more of Ralphie. Like he fucking killed. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's a shame. That's a shame. Yeah, you gonna
2: go to his uh, thing? Um, I don't know. I I mean,
0: uh, when I don't know that. I think it's I think it's open to all the comics, but I'm sure. Yeah, I I was talking to some people. I was like, I oh, don't I don't like those memorials. Yeah, some you know to be
2: honest with you, like I I like honor people in my own way. And if I was like someone I was like super close with, I would probably be at the real memorial. Yeah. So when it comes to something like that, like I I'll always honor people. Like I had like an intimate moment with with uh, with Ralphie. So that'll always be something I'll hold and like yeah. connect on. And like I always you know loved Ralphie.
0: So. For me, it's I'm I'm cool. Yeah, I said uh, I do. Do you have a living trust yet or a trust yet? No, you set that up. Yeah, I gotta. Yeah, because when Ralphie passed, um, when Ralphie passed, I was just wide awake to what happens after you die. Yeah, uh, with your money and your estate, and uh, and I was like, I want my shit in order. And so the day after he passed. I went into an estate uh, living trust planner, mm-hmm. and uh, and one of the things I did that I'm very proud of, which I am fucking bummed that funerals are no longer a thing that people do. What like, do you mean? Funerals, man, I've had a bunch of friends die, and they don't do funerals anymore. Really? Yeah. Funerals just Well, my friends have all died from pretty fucked up things. Yeah. But they don't, funerals aren't something big anymore. Like, Ralphie's not having a funeral. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my buddy passed away. He didn't have a funeral. They go, want to do a celebration of life? We'll we'll plan it out because the family's so hurting. They're like, let's deal with it in a couple months. I fucking love funerals, dude. Dude, I love funerals too. I love them. And Leanne's like, I don't want to have a funeral for you. Like, I don't want the girls to have to go through that. And I went, the fuck, you're out of your fucking mind. I go, we're having a funeral. And the lady goes, we can put that as a caveat in your trust. I go, I want a fucking funeral. Leanne's like, I don't want a funeral. I go, don't have one. I don't give a fuck. I, the money. I, I go, but you're spending money on a on a on a funeral for me. And I want a party. I want like I want a party. And the lady's like, we can plan this all out. And I go, all right. I go, I want a fucking party. And I want all my friends there. And I know who I want to speak. I know how I want this to go down. I go, I I'm want- setting the lineup. Okay, here's Dude, the deal. Yeah. I want a tight five up front. Yeah. I go, listen, with my list of friends, we could charge a cover charge, do it at the fucking wheel turn. And I could set my kids up for a while. That's a big fucking paycheck to put in a bank. Yeah. Like, and in my head, I'm like, I know I'm going to have fucking murderers up there. Like, what do you think Segura could draw if he was with Rogan Burr? Like, that's a fucking ticket right there. I'm sure I would get Marin up there, right? Yeah. Like, just to say something <laughs> nice. And I was like, I was, I'm like, definitely doing a funeral slash celebration of life, like a couple days after I die. I want it fresh in everyone's thing, and I want my daughters to see that um, that people loved me. Like yeah. that's the other thing. I don't want them to just dad died. Let's all hole up in our rooms. I want them. To- well, that's the best thing. I mean, what whatever you want to call it. You know what I mean? Yeah.
2: It you can make it whatever it is when people are there. Like if people are calling it a celebration, it was always a celebration of life. Yeah. I remember back in the day. I remember being a kid and like seeing a funeral go by and my mother grabbing me I'm like. You, you, you stand here and you wait till this entire funeral procession goes by and we just sat there on like main street in my town and stood a mass and we watched the entire funeral go by with all their lights on she goes that's what you do when a funeral goes by you stand and you let that entire funeral pass and you don't move till it passes and I was like that's the coolest fucking thing ever dude. and I remember her telling me like when my when her dad died my, my grandfather like the line was so long dude you ready for this one time I'm in upstate New York and uh i'm like in like the back roads like out by my wife and i'm like waiting to make this like right and uh i see these cars all pass me with their lights on i'm like what's up with these people and then there's like a big gap and i'm like all right boom i swing into this thing and then they all catch up and i'm in the middle of a funeral procession <laughs> and i'm just like oh, no flag there were no flags on the other cars <laughs> just like just ah, sitting there like oh man can i pass <laughs> and i wrote it into a script where a guy's like like driving and this guy cuts off and gets in i'm like what the fuck's this guy doing he doesn't see the flags what is he doing and all of a sudden
0: the guy just like trying to cut off a funeral i had the same thing happened with the gay pride parade in new york when i was young
2: <laughs> when you,
0: were you I driving walked, I, no i walked i no, i walked out of uh new york sports club i guess is what it's the place we work out in new york i forget what it was called uh-huh. it was on the corner of uh of seventh and like uh and like right by stonewall and so i walk out and if the streets are not packed, but they're, they're pretty heavy, and I see, and it's a Saturday, and it's just beautiful. Out. It really was beautiful. And I was like, and my shirt was sweaty, and I saw some guys with their shirts off. I was like, dude, I'm taking my fucking shirt off. Throw my shirt off, though it in my back pocket. I got my bag <laughs> on. I start walking around, and someone's selling margaritas on the street. I go, I want a fucking margarita. I buy a margarita. I go, this is a fucking Saturday. And then I'm walking down 7th and I'm like, how do I get left? How do I get left? And I'm like, oh my God, I'm in the gay pride parade. In the gay pride parade. In the gay pride parade. parade. And then I was like, oh my God, this is a bit. You know how like I'm a young comic? Yeah. There's a bit. And so then I did everything in life that would have been unnatural after that. Yeah. Because I, I couldn't, I didn't know how to live an authentic life. But I got home and told my buddy Ty, I was like, I was just in the gay pride parade. And he was, we were so far out, of, fresh out of Florida. He was like, dude, don't tell anyone about that um we yeah, have funerals are who would you want like uh let's let's do let's do let's do a uh a top three comics comics to speak at your funeral whether they know me or not
2: okay i mean wait, put no, it this way no no, like, no 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 i'm a comedian but comedy is by no means my world yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, yeah. it's just like, that's just the way I've always been. I don't know why. Because I have other interests, like, and I wasn't a comedy fan growing up. Like, I loved being funny, but it, I never, like, it never, I just, I don't know. So, like, for me, like, it would just be, like, the people that are closest. So, it would probably be Thune, Sickler, and Scoville. That would be, like, the three. Thune,
0: Sickler, by the way, I was texting back and forth with Nick Thune, one of my favorite people to text with. Yeah, I mean Thune, Thune is Sickler and, and Scoville. Okay, I don't know. I'm going to take Tom back. I don't know if I want him speaking at my funeral. That's sweet, man. Because he's gonna because he's gonna make a joke about me. Like I know Tom, he'd be like, "Burnt was a great." I'm like, Tom, it's my fucking funeral. I'd want people to shred the fuck out of me.
2: Oh, but I would see, I'd oh, be no, rather no, no, no. like this would be a ro-. otherwise I would have like you know I don't know i don't think i really have friends in the world you know what i mean i would like what do you mean i just think friendships like this really watered down thing nowadays i I just don't understand it really i think i don't know if it's because i have a tough time like connecting with people anymore or what but
0: uh i had i just talked to joe about this uh this on the pod i think i talked about on the podcast which maybe i shouldn't have um four years ago i think it was about four years ago maybe five years ago it was right, it was, maybe it was more than that. It might have been closer to six. Um, we were at the Ice House, and uh, I was unaware of this, but I, w- I had a bunch of people that were trying to become friends with me, and I wouldn't let them in. Yeah, I didn't want to, I was like, I'm done with friends. Like, I don't need friends anymore. Friends just complicate this business. Yeah. Like, uh, I, don't, I don't want friends. And uh, Joe pulled me aside, had a shot of Jack, two shots of Jack Daniels, We were pretty high, and uh, I was getting ready to go on stage. I'm in my head space to go on stage, and he's like, like, hey, man, let's do a shot. I was like, cool. And he's like, we got the shots, and he goes, hey, you're a great guy. I was like, thanks. He goes, there's a lot of people trying to be your friend right now. I said, okay. He's like, just let us be your friend. Just don't, like, just let us be your friend. We like you. And I was like, all right. It was really an awkward thing to say, and I was like, okay. He goes, do you understand what I'm saying? Like, allow us to be your friend, and you'll have a lot of really great friends. And I was yeah. like, all right. And we did a shot. And he's like, I love you, man. And I was like, I love you, too. And I got on stage, and I got off, and uh, Ari was waiting outside. And I was, started talking to Ari. And then Ari and I drove back to the city. That Back to back the city was when he was living up by uh, the store. And we sat in, What I guess, I I can't imagine we were in my car, although I, the, I remember we were in my car. But we sat in a car and talked. I, I only say because I never drink and drive, and I know I was hammered. Yeah. But we maybe this is the next night, maybe. But like we sat outside his house and we talked for like thirty minutes. I haven't done that with anybody. I hadn't done that in a while, yeah. and it felt really good. And then he left. He was like, I'll, "I'll talk to you tomorrow." And I was like, in my head, I was like, "Oh, I don't make commitments like that." And Segura and I had, and I, I'm sure Tom's met recollection is probably different. But we had a very uh weird relationship and almost like strained to an extent because it was always through another person. Yeah. 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 And, uh, that deal. And, and that was our conversations were cyclical in that sense. And after that, I was like, oh, I think I, I think I need to be friends with Tom. Like as opposed to be someone I talk to about things. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we'd always been friends before that. But I think things had just complicated things. So I allowed Joe, Joey, Tom, Ari, Duncan, Red Band. I'd, I allowed them to be, like, I'd reply to them, and I'd text them back. And like, I remember Joe called shortly after that, and we talked on the phone. And then he invited me to go to his house for a birthday party, and I was like, which is not my comfort zone. And I did, and we just hung out and just talked like friends. And I was like, oh, and I thanked him the other day. we were I think we were at his new studio, and I was like... Hey, thanks for that, man. Like I don't think I'd have any friends. And I have a really great group of friends. Like I got Joey Diaz. I talk to Joey's once a day practically. Yeah. You know? And Tom and like so I know what you're saying. In, in this business, I remember saying... What were you going to say? No, I'm I'm not saying I'm not open to it. I'm just saying, like,
2: it's a weird... It's weird. You know, it's just weird to me. And I, I'm just like... Because I used to be the most... I am still social. If I'm in any group... You're very social. I'm social. I love people. I can talk to everybody. I, I can, you know, make people feel comfortable. But it's just... I, I feel like in my last, like... I just, like... I lose sight of, like, what friendship is anymore. Because, like... We have kids. My wife travels. Yeah. I travel trying to get people connected. I have friends that are like best friends that are like, hey, man, I'm not coming to your daughter's That You're too far away. And I'm just like, all right. Like, and like that's just something you can do now. You can just tell people over text like, no. Or people like sending me text messages like breaking commitments. And I'm like, you don't do that. You know what yeah. I mean? So I'm just like, no, I, I don't exactly even know. I still have friendships from high school and college you know but where it's like then you're like oh well what are friendships where you see people once every four years you know like what you know what i mean so i'm still like open i'm open to new friendships and then in this town you just i know friends that are like only make friends because it betters their
0: business and Uh, then you're just like by the way that's the majority of people out here
2: i know it's it's a crazy you know so i'm just like you know, I'm kinda of just trying to let my life be what my
0: life becomes instead it's, of like I, you're also the weird thing about having kids is there is like a there is like a a period like we go through friends every four years. Once you have kids, you have your preschool friends. I know. And then and then you end up going to a, a, a kindergarten. Yeah. Or whatever. Then you have your kindergarten through like five grade five friends, and then you have your sixth grade through eighth grade friends. Like, you end up cycling out of friends. Like, our best friends, we were just talking about this on the walk, me and Leanne. Our best friends, when, when we just got pregnant, had babies, like where you're at in your life right now, all our best friends are either divorced or we don't speak to them anymore. Damn. Our best friends. I mean, I'm talking like people we went camping with. We spent every weekend with tech. What are you guys doing this weekend? All birthday parties. Yeah. I wouldn't speak to any of them. Not one of them. Yeah, it's crazy. I was like, and so many of them are divorced now. I said to Leanne, I was like, whoever thought we would be the ones that stayed together? Yeah. Like, I'm a fucking raging drunk. You're fucking, I'm on the road constantly. Yeah. We got pregnant before we were married. Like, we got pregnant and then yeah. got married. Everyone was like, that'll never last. Yeah. And now all of them are divorced. or fucking in shambles. And then the ones that, me and Leanne are going on a walk together for fucking an hour today. Yeah, just bullshitting, and I was like, "Whoever saw this happening?" Yeah, no kidding. Huh? It's yeah, it is. Friends are. It is a thing that I that I think it's easier when you're older too. Like I think in like seven years, in in five years, you'll go like. I, I maybe I don't know. It's also weird for me. Like like
2: I said, I still have I still talk to him a regular basis three friends from high school and talk to on a semi-regular basis ten you know what I mean so it's like I came from this thing where like I'm pretty loyal dude so like once I be like build a bond with someone over something I usually like maintain it so it's hard for me to like let go of it where I've like had to like break up with people through words that are guy friends instead of like most people just like let it disappear and like and that's just uncomfortable to me you know and my therapist is like yeah you just turn into new just get new friends you know like maybe yeah. you need new friends and I was like I go what do you mean you just like get new friends like and she's like yeah like maybe you know blah 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 and I was like all right so it's it's you know I just think it's it's an interesting you know study of people is
0: like understanding like where you are in the world. Leanne's torn through friends, my wife. (laughs) We have lost so many friends from Leanne because she just doesn't fuck with crazy. Yeah. So the second she senses crazy, she's out. She destroys it. Yeah. I watch her destroy it, and I'm like, yo, I fucking like the husband. What the fuck? Yeah, yeah. Like, totally. he introduced me to comic books. I never liked comic books until him. Like, I never got the never got like the Marvel Universe, and then he explained it, and I was like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. I was like, oh, thanks a lot. Oh, wait, we're not friends anymore because Leanne sent an email about your wife and didn't realize she was CC'd on it? Oh, fuck. Oh, man. So many people. Yeah. That I was like, I don't know. I kind of love that. But it is weird. Like, I, I definitely... Forgo the store sometimes to spend time with my family like if yeah. i have if i have three days home it's hard to get me to go to
2: the store oh dude i mean yeah we have this thing because my wife will travel and like if she's out of town that means i gotta get a sitter for the when when she's out of town so normally i get her schedule and i'm like all right these are the nights i can do stand up like this week i leave thursday for atlanta then boston then new york and to, 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 doing every new city every night no i'm doing a college I'm going to Atlanta for my friend's bachelor party, <laughs> and see my buddy that I grew, like was friends with out here. Yeah, and then Boston for a gig for college on Saturday night. Then Sunday, Monday doing press in New York. I'm going to go do the bonfire.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh. I'm going to
2: do uh, I'm going to do UCB. I'm going to do Comedy Juice. I'm going to do the Stand, and I'm going to do uh, Artie Lang show and a couple other.
0: Like- Artie Lang just turned fifty. Wow, good for him. He was uh, he was a, he was. One of the very – he has been a – motive, and I hope this doesn't come off as a backhanded compliment. But he's been a motivation this whole month for me because he said something to Jim and Sam on a podcast or a radio show he did where he was talking about partying, catching up to you. Mm-hmm. And he was, like, he was like, yeah, 50 is where it catches up to you. And I was like, I'm 44. I was like, fuck. And then I heard him say that. And he was like, I never thought it would catch up to you. You know, you know you just never think. Yeah, And I was like, oh, I should really – I should really look at this as a lifestyle. We were talking about that when we were coming in. I should look at this as a lifestyle change. I really need to make some some solid changes in my lifestyle because I'm not a fucking 33 year old headliner anymore. This kid that's excited to be out on the road. I'm a working comic. I need to. And you, yeah, and you're a human being. Well, you forget about that sometimes. Yeah, you forget that you're too. a human, and, it and is, not the machine. And <laughs> the biggest problem with giving yourself a nickname. <laughs> wait you gave no you didn't. I gave myself the nickname the machine oh man i said to them i meant to you say i'm the, the man and i said i'm the machine and i it was a mistake but dude
2: i gave myself a nickname once diss diss dude in eighth grade i told my friends i go hey i want you guys to start calling me diss and they go why and i go because you know i'm a goalie in soccer and i diss everybody and they were like hey man i don't oh. think that's gonna stick <laughs> And I was like, all right, man. What's up, dis? What's up, diss? Doesn't that sound tight? By the way, can I just tell you something I came up with the other day that I think, I don't know how to get it to catch on, but I think it should be a thing. What's that? I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to tell you what the phrase is. And you. T- I think there's multiple meanings for it, but I think it's dope. Are you ready? Yeah. Bitch heavy. Well, I like it. Yeah, of course you do. Like, Dude, look <laughs> at you coming here with those new sneakers all bitch heavy. <laughs> You know what I mean? Or someone's giving ad to you. like, dude, what's she getting all bitch heavy on everybody for? Oh, dude, bitch heavy. I don't know how to do it, but I'm gonna find
0: a way to make that happen. Just know, like I said it here first, bitch heavy. I was really good at, I believe, coming up with phrases. I would come up with my fraternity. Mm -hmm. uh, I would call people certain names, Mm -hmm. and they would like it would stick. Like I remember saying, uh, this guy came through. uh, It was another organization I was in and he came through and I liked him a lot and they're like I don't know about the guy and I go guys he's top shelf and they're like top shelf? I go yeah like yeah. He's, not, he's not well he's top shelf and they were like okay and and that stuck everyone started calling people top shelf and I was like nice so then I came up with a phrase that I had heard someone else say but I thought I had come up with it and I was like that guy's the cat's pajamas <laughs> my god! And everyone's like, "I'm sorry," and I was like, "He's the Cats Pajamas," and they're like, "What are you a jazz singer pajamas? in the '20s, dude?" And they were like, "You're fucking joking, right?" And I go, "No, that's the Cats Pajamas,
2: dude. Come on, look at this guy." Oh, what was the? Uh, you sound like a sax player, like playing, like you know,
0: back back clubs. So, and this is before you could Google stuff, so someone's like, "I think I've heard that before," and like a, like, and so apparently, I think it's someone else's phrase that I appropriated and was like it's the cat's pajamas i was good about that i gave my i would myself a bunch of nicknames the b man nature boy uh uh double dribble um
2: double dribble's a tight nickname
0: yeah it's uh it's it's out of a story uh i had told ralph sampson when i was a kid uh he we was at a camp and he was like is anyone here party and i raised my hand thinking we were all raising our hands and uh he's like how do you party i said i party hardy and he was like huh I said, I party hardy. He's like, how do you party hardy? I said, with both hands. And then I was like, they call me Double Dribble. Oh, my God. And so, God. yeah, it was, uh, uh, it was me trying to be. Double so, Dribble, man. That's the spot. What's up, Double Dribble? Uh, not much. You know, I party hard with both hands. I gave myself a bunch of nicknames. My kids give me nicknames. My kids, My kids haven't called me dad as a first class moniker, mm-hmm. meaning like that's where they go. It's Bertang's. Bertangulus Boy, uh, uh, Bertie Gaga, Bertrude, Bertrude McFuzz. I was Jeez. bruh for a while. <laughs> What's up, bruh? Yeah. My dude, I'm my dude right now. What's up, my dude? Oh, my God. That fucking drives me nuts. What do you mean? You just want dad? Oh. I told You know what I told my
2: kids they call me? What? Pops. Oh, I like that. I go, that. you call me Pops. So he'll call me dad. I go, what else you call me? He goes, Pops. And every now and then he'll go, hey, Pops and i'm like oh you just want to get fucking that's the best that's what i want like when i'm like when they're teenagers i want to be like hey pops that's what i want to be called i'm gonna, i, I uh,
0: don't take that dude i mean anyone can be called pops but like i just fucking love that shit uh, my dad my wife's a redneck so her family her dad is named uh papa j mm-hmm. that's what they call him but her her grandmother's a meemaw then she has a ppaul a paul paul and uh like that's what they call their grandparents and then a granny okay and um when my dad was like i want to be called papa but my daughters heard it in a wreck so they call him pop pop papa papa pa- pa. but it's it's the pronunciation's off there's it's like a w the,
2: where they put like we used to say Bel but oh you know what i mean like or you guys like- are from venezuela yeah, Rottweiler, but wiser, right? Or like 90210, 90210. When nine o used to be on. Wait, how do you say cement? Cement. cement cement. No, no one says cement. What I do say you just fucking... <laughs> No one says that, dude. It's cement, concrete. No. Wait, a I? No, I think I'm fucking. Now you're out. all over the fucking concrete. Place. Are you still watering that
0: pool? No, I'm done. It's When's a... that going to be done? not this... pools don't take this long? Uh, they take longer, actually. Really? Yeah. Pools are – I remember a pool being put in and swimming in it the next day. So what they do is you can put in a pool. It takes like – I think it takes like a – they dig the hole. They lay the concrete. All of a sudden, there's a hole and there's a pool-looking thing in your backyard. But it takes a week, two weeks of hosing it down to let the the Marmite or whatever it's called set. Uh You got to let it settle because of – it's got to be moist. That's because we're in L.A., and so I'm. Um, this is all me guessing. Uh-huh. But in L.A., you got to let it – because there's no humidity out here, so you got to water it down twice a day. Then once you do that, then they start pouring in the um, outside, the – I forget what it's called. But now they're pouring in the outside. It's like the perimeter of it. I, I think the next thing they do is they spray the pebble tech, uh-huh. and then – If you get Pebble Tech, which is a little more expensive but not really because our pool is so small, it's only like a a grand or two grand more. Whereas for a big pool, it would be a lot more, so a lot of people choose not to do it. They get uh, just straight-up plaster. If you get plaster, you got to wait 29 days with water in it where you can't go swimming in it. What about if you get tiles on Oh shit! Yeah. I think then you're a baller. Yeah. If baller. you get if you get Tyler, tiles. I was telling someone this the other
2: day, and I have to remember this because this is something I need to totally make a joke about. Is um, tile in the bathroom was when I was a kid? We had a guest bathroom, and I told you my mother's in interior design stuff, and it was the floor was this blue tile with like green like marbling in it, and we got that tile from my mother's friend who they, they took it out of their pool. They redid their pool. We used their leftover tile for our bathroom. I'm like, that's when you know you don't have, when other people have money. That was the first time I heard what Rich was. I'm like, wait, we're using their old pool tile <laughs> so we have a floor in this
0: bathroom? That was dope. But tile, that's when I was like, oh, man, I want a tile pool someday. I, I'll tell you, all, I'll tell you all the things I wanted. And by the way, these are things I don't think I'll ever have, but I assumed I'd have and I'm I'm coming to terms with this we talked about this on my walk with my wife today our friends just bought a 2.5 million dollar house uh-huh and I was like I was like oh, I want one <laughs> and because they're building one right next door to it and mm-hmm. my wife goes we can't afford it and I go no we can not I just have to work every single fucking week and in my head I'm like wait hold on just wait I was like i'll never have a 2.5 million five million dollar house i'm never gonna have a like like we bought this house because in 2008 at the bottom of the market for nothing yeah and it's a great house i love this it's house a great i house, love this dude. house but the idea that this is the top of the mountain for me this house scared me i went well, hold on i'm never gonna have like a I always wanted a pool like this, but in the middle of a yard that was square and huge and ran into the grass. I'd seen Rod Stewart had one of those. And I was like, oh, I want one of those. I always wanted a boat. I don't think I'm ever going to have a fucking boat. I always thought I'd have a private island. I watched way too much Cribs. I was like, I'm never going to have a private island. Can I tell you, I've always wanted that same pool.
2: And we we put a bid in a house in Toluca Lake a couple years ago when we had some money. And uh, we didn't get it. And it had that, the pool that was just there. It wasn't like, there wasn't cement around it. It was just the pool was there with one round of bricks. Yes. Just one thing of brick around it. And it was just green grass up to a pool. That's JFK, uh, Martha Vineyard shit right there. Yeah. Or Martha's Vineyard. Either one, dude. I mean... (laughs) Martha Vineyard is the most underrated of all the islands, dude. You know what I mean? Everyone thinks about Martha's, but Martha—they
0: meet you at the dock, and they're like, "You thought it? You forgot the S, huh?" Oh, sorry, and like, man. We're totally different. This is Martha. This is Martha.
2: Martha's is <laughs> a little further out, man. I nice don't even spot. make
0: wine. I make. Uh, I, I make uh,
2: <laughs> My friend just stayed at Ted Danson's house out on Martha's Vineyard. Really? Yeah. You think you you want to talk about things you don't got? Tried twenty acres
0: on Mother's Vineyard with three houses. Do you ever think about that in life? About like, uh, do you ever not keep up with the Joneses? But do you ever covet? Well, our life is keeping up with
2: the Joneses, especially in L.A. I mean, I think it's everywhere, and like what social media has done, and just like Instagram, you're just like, oh, I, you know, you just feel like so disconnected. But I have like a, I'm like a standard of living type guy. Like, so I could make way more money too if I was on the road. But I like to be home and be around my family. And you know I don't do the road, really, because I like to be home. And I want to coach Little League. And I want to be a part of this shit. So Uh-oh. I've been driving a 2000 Ford Explorer for the last seven years that I bought for $1,500 off my buddy Jordan at brunch. He <laughs> was going to leave brunch to go to Carfax or CarMax to sell his car. And I'm like, don't leave. We're having a blast. And he goes, I got to get rid of this car, dude. I'm getting a new car. I'm done yeah. with this car. Seven years ago, dude, I looked at Kate. I'm like, how about we just buy it? because I needed a car and he's like done 1500 bucks. I still drive it. The passenger side door doesn't open from the outside and the window doesn't go down. So like if you valet, I have to o- reach out the back window open it and then explain to the guy, "All right man, this is how you get to work the door." And like forever my wife's like, "Just get a car, would you?" Yeah. And I'm just like, "I don't there's certain things I want and don't want." So like yeah, keeping them the Jones, all my friends own houses. I'm watching all my friends. We rent a duplex, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm just like at the end of the day i'm like super happy with my kids and like i go into there they share a room and we love being in there and them sharing a room and then like like i'll be like going the bathroom you know or i'll be taking a shower and the i hear the the doorknob like and then the door open and then the curtain pull back and it's my daughter going daddy and like holding up like a little cat and then leaves and i'm like if i lived in a 2.5 million dollar home my fucking daughter's not gonna be coming down the hallway opening the door because oh. I'm gonna be upstairs in the master suite in the shower where she's gonna be down in the kids' play. you know what I mean? So like for me right now I've just like really tried to grow an appreciation for like what
0: I have and like That's Leanne, that's I'm not kids. I'm I'm the opposite in that I always I'm the opposite in the sense that uh a little a little bit. Not entirely. I don't really care to keep up with the Joneses, but I do like I do like Neat, neat, nice stuff. Leanne is like you. We got a, we have a two thousand Mercedes that is infested with black widow spiders that Leanne <laughs> refuses to get rid of. Yeah, and she's been bit twice, and she still <laughs> won't get rid of it. I had to make the call and go. I call my business manager. I go, I'm going to buy a new car. Uh, I'm doing that today. I will have the company. I will have the car dealership call you i will tell you the car i want don't tell me i can't afford it i want a, i want i'm not getting in this fucking car yeah but we had both our cars we have a i think like a 2005 uh expedition so it's in great shape yeah. but it's torn up because of the girls yeah My wife's like, i'm not getting a new fucking truck you don't buy new trucks like in la you buy new trucks in the world when you have a truck you keep that truck because that's your truck that's your truck and and so she's like we're not buying it's paid off we got a great tax or a great settlement for something. And so we paid that car off. We had the Mercedes for free. so My mom gave it to us. So we have we had two cars, no payments. And I was like, and we had it like that for like seven years. I go, babe, we're getting a new fucking car. Like, I would like a new car. Like, I would like a nice car. She was, ne- she's like, listen, we can keep our nut at below the, like our nut per month yeah. is ridiculously low because Leanne just has worked it that's great.
2: That's yeah. great. I mean, that's got to be a thing because I I always say this. Like, you look at like athletes, and you're like, all right, that dude that just got into the NFL, or like, let's say you just got your deal where you're making seven million a year for the next five years. None of it, which is like, all right, so that's thirty five mil. Let's say like eighteen's guaranteed. Right. That dude should live his life like he makes two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year. If you wanna live the rest of your life like you make two hundred and fifty or even four hundred thousand a year, whatever. Yeah. Instead of living like you make seven million dollars a year because you don't and it's never gonna be there. Or and you wanna leave money aside for your kids when you leave?
0: You know what I mean? Do you wanna be able to afford this fucking this funeral at the Wiltern? You yeah. know what I mean? I, so like, that's that's I'm definitely the I'm definitely the pro athlete that's like, dude, I signed for twenty million dollars. I'm spending twenty one. I know you are, dude. Um, and and Leanne, I brought home a check one time from a, a corporate gig. It was a big check, like for stand up. It was a yeah. big check, and I was like, I dropped it on the table. I go, well, what do you got to say about that? And you know what she said? We just keep half. I went, what? That's the way to go, man. Earn like, half your money. I was like, what? She's like, we just keep half. So let's not. Go ahead and spend all of it. Like, let's realize that we keep half. So that's going to be my thing with my kids.
2: Every time they make a dollar, I'm like, "You make fifty cents. Oh, you get fifty cents of that. We put the other
0: fifty cents away." Can I tell you a Leanne Kreischer uh, lesson? She has taught my Georgia, the, my my oldest, that is a Jay Larson uh, mo- teachable yeah. moment. She um, said, "Georgia needs new winter clothes. I think this is a great time to explain to her the value of coupons." Okay, and so she got a coupon for Macy's, and said, "I want to make sure that Georgia knows there's no shame in using coupons."
2: Did I? You just did? You just do this on, I, your, I on your? Instagram just on my story? Instagram.
0: Yeah, and so she took Georgia out clothes shopping to Macy's with a forty percent off coupon, and said, "Whatever it is in Macy's, if, I want Georgia to be able to go, and because I, I have a hard time, I, I don't look at price tags." Yeah, which is a, which can is fine if you're if you're in like if I'm buying a pair of shoes. They're, you know, like I know what a a, a nice pair of sneakers Dude. costs. Okay, go ahead. If I'm buying jeans at the Gap, I know they're not going to be. I don't buy. I don't go and do that with like really expensive like artwork and shit like that. But like I do it. Like I don't look at the. I know I need, need a new pair of jeans from the Gap. I'm buying a new pair of jeans for the Gap. Yeah. I new. I know I need new sneakers uh, on on Amazon. I'll see the price tag. I'm not. I know I'm not going to spend two hundred bucks on sneakers, but I may spend like ninety bucks on sneakers. Sure. Um, I don't look at price tags very often. And I and it came back to bite me in the ass with this hat. I bought at the Rams game, and it was like $57. And I didn't look at the price tag. And I ended up buying one for my friend's kid. And they were, it was like 112 bucks or something. And I was, like, <laughs> I was like, fuck. But I got embarrassed, and I was afraid to go, We can't aff- like yeah. I can afford them. But I go, I don't plan on spending $57 on a hat. Right. So Leanne's like, I don't want
2: our kids growing up like that. I love that. Yeah. Dude, yesterday, yesterday. I was grocery food shopping with my with my daughter and I go to the guy, I'm like, hey man, what do you think's a good steak for a kid? Like, I like making steak for the kids, but what's a good one? And he goes, I don't know, filet, ribeye? And I go, I go, are you out of your fucking mind? I go, <laughs> I'm not buying a kid a filet, dude. And I go, I'm good, man. And I, I wouldn't even buy meat. Flap steak, flap steak. Well, I'm, give me something that's like, Tender, but not expensive. That's what I'm... I'm not dropping... Yeah.
0: Cake. Flap steak. I just bought flap steaks for the girls last night. What's flap, flap steak? steak? Same as flank steak, or same as uh, skirt steak almost. But it's super thin? Super thin, super fatty, like really tender. You got You cut it... Uh, I'm terrified for choking reasons. Uh-huh. So um, what I do is I take them, I grill them like probably three minutes per side, five minutes per side. The girls like them a little more well done. Uh, season them with just salt and pepper. And then you... I roll them up and I cut them against the grain yeah, um, real thin and then I go ahead and I chop them up for the girls. I go, I don't want them choking on anything. Gotcha. Um, but it's it's a thin thin slice and it's a, it's so fatty. Funny. It's really juicy. The girls fucking love it. I I mean I didn't do it, but
2: last time I did ribeye because it was like like twelve ninety nine a pound. It was yeah. like on sale. I'm like, oh, let's
0: do that. Oh, this was uh like yesterday it was seven. By the way, I do check prices on meats, oddly enough, because you I, can you're get they get at, jacked like, up in L A. Crazy. Ja- you can go in and they go, oh, I'll take a filet. Oh, that's twenty five dollars per pound. You're like, hold on, are you cooking it for me? Yeah, like that. And then you're gonna serve it. Yeah, you can go to Smart and Final and get a fucking whole tenderloin fillet for like fucking 111 bucks. That's like, like fucking, like I don't know. I'm gonna, but it's cheaper. And then you cut it up yourself. You gotta now, granted, you gotta cut out the silver silver thing. Yeah. How long have we been going? Two hours. Two hours. We should probably wrap this up soon. Let's wrap it up. Um, but yeah, I you're, I you know what I, I think about you sometimes, and I always I used to joke. And say this about myself and i kind of wished i was more like this rogan is like this and this is the we'll, we'll, we'll come full circle with my compliment to you you are and you won't like this compliment but you are a lifestyle brand you, the, what you like in life is interesting to all of us if you had a blog of like shit jay likes i have one are you serious it's on my website i mean i have a blog on my website and do you put your limoncello recipe
2: up i uh, no, but i i made fig jam at home like my neighbor had figs but i like my 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 blog is like they're like a little bit longer because i'm not just talking about the fact that i made fig jam i'm talking about the fact that like what i like about community is that a neighbor can have a fig tree that's bustling and they don't know what to do with the figs and they call you and i talk about the experience of going over with my kids and learning that hey you like go into the house and you say hello to everybody and then you take the figs and then like we get home and now every time my son bites into his peanut butter and fig sandwich at school he knows or he doesn't know but i know that i made the actual jam that he's eating and there's something about that that like resonates with me so like my blog is i like i like people i like comedy people design food and booze and that's what this blog is about so like there's a post about with me and David Lynch from working with David Lynch. There's a post about going to Fallingwater, Frank Lloyd Wright's home in Pennsylvania. Man, like,
0: what was that? What, I, you just posted something about working with David Lynch.
2: I was in Twin Peaks, you know. I was yeah. in that, so like I got to work with David Lynch and like had a heart to heart with him. And like, yeah, what
0: was the, what was the heart to you, heart? You mentioned I didn't about talk that?
2: about like what actually happened, but like we had this whole conversation about his dad and like oh, he was telling yeah. me what, like what his dad did and like. It was just me and him. And then he was like, Yeah, my dad worked for uh, Forest Fire Watch in Montana. And uh, we were talking about it. And Jack Kerouac did that. And I used to be a huge Kerouac guy. And I. And like when he wrote Dharma Bombs, he lived up there in California doing Love that. Bombs.
0: Yeah, it's the best. Sometimes I jump rock to rock and sing out haikus.
2: Really? Is that what he's saying in that? And it's the only thing I remember from Dharma Bombs. Um, but that was my favorite book of Kerouac's because it was the only one where he was like really kind of sober. You know, he yeah. was like, he was drinking port and stuff like that. But so I just looked at him and I go, oh, kind of like Kerouac. And he was like taken back and he looked at me and he goes, yeah. And I go, all right, man, I'll see you Wednesday. And I left and I just fucking dropped mic on David Lynch. Um, so, like, I write about all those things that, like, I have an interest in because I'm just trying to, like, I want to, like, get that exercise down of, like, writing one time a week something, like, longer format about something
0: that interests me. So, that's what I do. I've been doing that this week with, uh, or this month with sobriety. I write in the oh, mornings. Yeah. But it's sometimes has been really short. Sometimes it's been long. But just about, like, trying to figure out what's going on in my head about how do I incorporate this into a healthy lifestyle change where I continue to be who I am and who I have been and don't change the essence of me and I do like drinking. I don't want to stop drinking, but I need to find the things in my life that make drinking fun again. Yeah. Like I need to find like working out or my source energy, like getting outside. I, I love that you I love that I love that you have that blog yeah i like it because and i want
2: to share like if i want people to come to me like you know they find me through something in comedy and then realize like oh he has interest in other things and i also have those interests and so then maybe they connect to that to, you know hear about it and then find a way to like tie it back into like my approach to life you know
0: man you're a fascinating guy not really but i appreciate that bert no you totally are thanks man i'm glad i've known you as long as we have i know it's been like, a long time i feel time. like there's a i feel like you know I will say, I will say, I think we're friends. I, I don't, for sure, but but I I do like the thing I love about this business is you have friends that you don't keep up with every day, but when you catch up, you, you have a shorthand that you don't have to. There's not a lot of reintroduction. It's just yeah, it's just back right. Like Thune is a perfect example. I run into Nick and I can just cat like he's texting me for the Rams because He was there for the Seahawks. Yeah, and I was like, oh, if I was drinking, I would go fucking party with him right now. Yeah, no kidding. Oh. He has one of my favorite intros to this podcast ever. We started the podcast, and then he just goes, uh, can I have a swig of your vodka? I'm having a fucking shaky morning. And I was like, <laughs> let's both get drunk. Oh, oh, my God. God, I love that guy. So what's it, your specials at uh, jlarson.com? jlarsoncomedy.com? jlarsoncomedy.com. Mm-hmm. It's called? Me Being Me. Me Being Me.
2: And uh, I, that, It's really great. I'm really proud of it. I'm like, you know, I saw the thing through from start to finish. So it's cool, man. I'm proud of you. I'm it. proud of you,
0: man. That's Thanks, fucking buddy. awesome. Thanks, man. I'll talk to you after this about where I see specials going in the future because I'm going through that right now. Yeah, I But bet. I do think there's a way in a, in that, not right now for you, but in like six months, I think there's something to be done that will increase your touring exponentially. I, I hope so. I, I want to talk, I'll talk to you about it afterwards. And what was the other thing I wanted to tell you? There's another secret I wanted to tell you. Ooh, secret. Secret time. You can tell um, me after. I can't remember what it is. Anyway. um, Well, dude. Thanks for having me on, dude. I appreciate it, man. I love you. And you fuck the Crab up. Feast. Five stars, man. Five stars. Fuck the Crab Feast. If you guys don't know, uh, you can find me. I was on like six months ago. Yeah. I mean, it was It's beautiful. you and Sickler. Yeah. You guys do live shows. I saw you guys did some theater in Baltimore when I was in Baltimore, and I was like, yeah. Fuck. Yeah, that's I was like, sure. that, that's where everyone is tonight. <laughs> Get out of here.
2: <laughs> I love you, Jenna. You too, <laughs> buddy. Thanks, buddy.
1: This episode was brought to you by The Machine.